0: I've been going. I've spent the last like day going back and forth between two ideas on what I want to do for a cold open. And then when I was coming to sit down at my desk, I came. I walked by this box and it completely threw everything off. And so I'm going to talk about this box instead. <laughs> um,
1: Who are you, man? How long have we known each other? How long have we been alive? Right. And and then and subtract a
0: handful percentage. of. Percentage
1: of that
0: time, yeah, how much of it have I've been into Lego
1: the entirety, <laughs> more or less, <laughs> right? did you ever get out of it and then come back in not really a little bit, you were less enthusiastic oh yeah, maybe. I maybe
0: yeah, I guess there was some time in high school and stuff that, yeah, I was more into playing Smash Bros than yeah, playing into video Lego games and, and stuff,
1: yeah, but you still had like. Like, you're also the only person I know who has made building toys functional. Like the amount of connects furniture <laughs> that you've crafted is legendary. Yeah. <laughs> A shower caddy
0: made out yeah. of connects mm-hmm. is when <laughs> you, you it doesn't it never you never have to care about what amenities are in a one bedroom <laughs> apartment that you go yeah. and <laughs> yeah. rent on your own. Or you or like the,
1: next, <laughs> the the various sizes of your shower and your your uh you know your um shampoos and such. It's not like oh man this is a good size for the, the shower head but it doesn't go down far enough or no you just build your own like an adult right <laughs> <laughs> like an adult um. playing with connects.
0: So same kind of question, but with Transformers.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was like the initial basis. Like Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the original basis for our friendship, basically.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So when I show him which which again began when we were in diapers. (laughs) When I when
0: I when I got in the mail over the last week. Oh shit.
1: It is. Oh, fuck yeah. A
0: bumblebee made out of building bricks. Dude. It's technically not Lego, but it's Lego shapes. (laughs) That's beautiful. 3,500 pieces. Oh my God. And it's very much knockoff third party because (sighs) it's like it's Wasp Mars is the name on the box. (laughs) Yep. Along with Grand (laughs) Guardian. (laughs) Yeah, Bumble Bob. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, the auto I mean,
0: even even the website lists it lists it as Bumblebead um,
1: because copyright's a bit like the Avengers. Yes, from, uh, but I am so excited for this. It looks um, awesome. I'm I'm really excited because you've been talking about this for a little while. It was you were kind of going back and forth whether you wanted to to go down this rabbit hole. And you're like, it's, it's, I'll you're, get you're, one, you're right. and if the build quality is there, then I have unleashed an unstoppable force that will yes. uh, destroy me, body and soul, and it'll be worth it.
0: The thing, the thing that sucks is, I've only ever seen these on a very
1: shady website. <laughs> I think you can chalk I mean, it up to getting your it's, identity yeah. stolen. Seems like part of the, you know, like part of the appeal almost. Like it's fine.
0: Well, I mean, also, so 3,500 pieces, this yeah. thing was only 150 bucks. Right. And, like, man, <laughs> it's so, like, uh, I've done what, quote-unquote, due diligence I can. I've looked on other sites that I normally purchase from. Right. Not there. This is yeah. the only place I've seen. Yeah. They also, <laughs> they also have, dude, the, the thing that really sucks yeah. for me is there's two other giant sets. <laughs> I know That I really want I remember But yeah So Boldly Dude It's It's like a It's over a foot and a half tall Jesus Okay I am So stoked It's gonna go Right next to My (laughs) Actual Lego Optimus Prime That transforms Maybe next to The Voltron Or The Mech Titan Buster I'm I'm (laughs) I'm I'm stoked. The thing that I'm really scared about, though, is I finally got um, accepted onto the Brick Building Stream team. Oh, cool. And they are they are not anti-non-LEGO, but they are anti-promotion of sets that have been stolen. Uh, so these other third-party sites, like Zone and Kawaii's and Buildiverse, they're okay because yeah. they... They um, acknowledge the original like yeah. design or whatever. Um, they like call them out. This website also has knockoff Lego sets or like mm. actual Lego sets that
1: they've uh, probably taken. so this off. isn't itself a knockoff. This set seems to be in the clear, but you can only get it from a site that also pr- promotes knockoffs.
0: Yes. Like they actually use pictures from the Lego site on uh, their <laughs> Lego sets.
1: Yeah, it's shady shit.
0: Exactly, and that's what I mean by shady. Not shady as in like, yeah, it has like eighty-five pop-ups, and you have to you have to navigate and hit the right link. Right, <laughs> uh, right. But it's 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 shady in the sense that there are products that are not good, mm-hmm. and <laughs> are, are not are not promotable. Yeah, I see. So I will yeah. never talk about the site. I will never name drop the site. Right. I'm really excited about this set. <laughs> Sick. Oh man. Anyway, so that's that's what's on my mind. And I unboxed it last night on stream, and and I just it's it's sitting right next to me because my my pod desk is the same as my stream desk. And so it's here, and, mm-hmm. and it completely distracted me from everything
1: else I was preparing. <laughs> for today's cold open So
0: that's, uh, so that's, that's
1: what's you going on You got it on, on your <laughs> mind, that's fine If you want to, you know, just like If you, in the middle of courting this pod Just like fall into a wordless stupor And just grab the box And start turning it around and looking at it I understand I'll be a little cheesed, but I'll understand
0: <laughs> Oh man it mm. <laughs> I can't wait, dude. I can't. Oh, I can't. ah. And so once a quarter, I'm going to be doing all day streams because I have, I have viewers on like the East Coast and, Mm -hmm. and in mountain time Mm -hmm. that have expressed wanting to hang out in chat, but it's too late for them. Yeah. So once a quarter, I'm going to do a day long stream. And that's when I'm going to do these big sets because I have that one. I also yeah. have a 4,000 piece Jesus. Mega Godzilla.
1: Oh, God. Okay.
0: That I'm really stoked to build, also.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. So keep an eye out. Silver Dreamer, Twitch TV link. Anyway, come and hang out and watch it.
1: Yeah. Anyway, what are we, what, what, what are we doing? One well, so glad you asked. We're recording a podcast and by virtue of, you know, hopefully whoever listening to this in the future is not in our respective rooms currently. They are presumably listening to a podcast. And the podcast is called "Hype is My Superpowers, where we talk about things that we're hyped on. Not only Transformers Lego sets, but also, or sorry, non affiliated brick sets, but also, <laughs> <laughs> but also comic books. Specifically, Will reads every Marvel 616 trade paperback as it comes out. I made a pact with a demon once upon a time who said in order to fulfill it, I had to read every X Men comic ever. That demon is my own mental illness. And here we are. Here we be. What did you read this week?
0: What a trip, man! The, I I respect both of our endeavors. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I read four books, as okay. I alluded to for uh, last episode.
1: The First, but actually, sorry, is, real quick, I have to. I I mentioned at my local comic shop that I I read every X Men comic. Uh-huh. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, to like a group of guys talking around with the, the clerk, clerk uh, Peter who works there, and on Fridays we're all just you know I was like, yeah, I, I you know for my podcast I, I read every single X Men comic ever written, and they were like, oh, <laughs> 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 it's like this this look of of a mixture of like impressed, <laughs> but also pity but also why and also right? are you okay
0: <laughs> man see they just don't understand
1: passion oh, oh no <laughs> they, they were impressed that was first that was primary but also like I would never do that to myself <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah honestly I feel like both of us would read faster if we weren't doing Pods, oh for sure. So we're we're like this is death by a thousand cuts kind of a thing.
1: yeah. We're we're really rubbing our own noses in the shit <laughs> in the dog shit. Yeah. For me, you you get to read a much higher proportion of good books. Although my books were good this week, actually, I had a great excellent. Time. Yeah, cool because yeah, mine were
0: okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, What'd you get? So speaking of, so talked about reading this universe Fantastic Four life story and it is uh, it's written by Russell uh, Mark Russell and um, Not six with issues creator. each issue takes place over a decade huh. and it's the Fantastic Four aging in real time
2: oh, and cool.
0: telling their story it's very interesting I really liked it it is jam packed like every page Every page, page and a half, is another mm. year. Mm. Um, and so Jeez. like it's okay it's it is deep, and it's it's considering that over 24 pages he tells 10 years worth of story and it works, yeah. yeah. That it is, is impressive that it's not just a book,
1: <laughs> right? Or, <laughs> like, or just like and there's then actual this art. happened, and then that <laughs> happened. That yeah, it actually gets to tell an arc in a story.
0: I'm real. I'm really impressed. Uh, cool. Next up is Captain America, Symbol of Truth. Okay. Which, for some reason... So, do you remember when we did the United States of Captain America and it had Cap, Falcon, and Bucky going around and meeting the other Captain Americas of the world? Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> of America. Um, <laughs> Captain apparently... Captain
1: Americas of America.
0: <laughs> <laughs> apparently, because of that, Sam Wilson decided to... Captain America again okay. even though Sam Wilson Captain America the storyline ended with him being like I'm done with the shield it's time for me to go back to my roots and I'm going to don this black uh falcon costume but it's anyway I have I could honestly I don't remember a whole lot that happens in this book but because my bit my most distracting takeaway is a conceptual conundrum that I plan to mainly talk about.
1: <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Um, Captain else? Marvel.
0: Okay. The Trials. Which we had mentioned. <laughs> you've, she been, you've, been
1: kind of, you've been kind of weird on this Captain Marvel book, right? This run, this it's particular run so, of Captain Marvel.
0: So Kelly Thompson does, a honestly, a really good Captain Marvel. So I really yeah. like Captain Marvel because of her in, inner monologue that she does. Mm. And Kelly Thompson has been doing a really good job. With writing Carol and her best friendship with Jess and like the banter yeah. and the way that they go about the way that Carol thinks through her mm. unknown situations is awesome. Yeah. If the story were put on the screen mm. and you only get the Carol stuff and how and what she says, it would sure. be a terrible story. <laughs> okay, <laughs> interesting. But yeah, so this book is called The Trials, and it does have the follow up to what she did to Ove, who is uh, Namor and Enchantress's son from the future. Yeah. When she cut him off from magic.
1: Oh, good. Because you've that kind of bugged you for a while. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes. Because they did two volumes where they didn't follow up on it, which is
1: fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one is Miles Morales. Okay. Volume Eight by Saladin Ahmed, who also did uh, Miss Marvel for a time. Yep, Miles Morales. Honestly, yes, it's it's it's. it's, I they got this guy in because he's a. uh,
1: They got this person in because they're a young adult author, right? Like, if they're doing the kid, the, the the teen books, then right.
0: I had so I had a complaint last time we read Miles Morales because. Everything was narrated poorly. Yeah, I was saying like they go into a computer room and then he's like, "This must be the inter- interdimensional uh, monitoring room." Uh-huh. Here we go. And yeah, it's like what? It are really? Come <laughs> Would back, you walk you... into the tech station of <laughs> Comp USA and be like, "Oh, this must be?" <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I it's mean, just, it's one of pour those one out for CompUSA. I know. I can't what? believe I said oh, <laughs> I was thinking of the location, and and it's Best Buy now. And I right. was thinking of Best Buy. But You're talking my, about the my one my in Goleta
1: in the, yeah. the the Costco center.
0: <laughs> but my mouth just vomited out CompUSA so for fine. some reason. Anyway, Can I hit, can um, I hit
1: you with a uh, a take, which is probably a scorching hot take, but probably ought not to be. It's okay to not, like, young adult media – For the simple fact of not being a young adult. If you're grown. (laughs) If you're grown. It's okay to be like. Yeah this isn't for me. (laughs)
0: I shouldn't be this offended. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, Okay. I mean. True. <laughs> but like <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> okay. What's hilarious and proving your point is I've never considered the idea that there's something in between children's comics Uh and like adult themed yeah uh, contemporary 616 comics. Uh Uh-huh. There's nothing in between. Apparently there is. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, I'll give okay, that's fine. (laughs) I accept that. But so my my complaint at this point though. With Miles is the same that I'll go into about Sam Wilson. So, okay. and I think I'm going to focus more on that because neither of them have things that stood out. Sure. And I feel like part of it is because of this problem that I want to talk about. Okay. Interesting. So, oh, what did you read? I don't want to get into this about
1: checking. <laughs> yeah. In. So, previous time, not the, I guess, not the last time we recorded, but the time before I went into the Claremont revolution, right? We're, we're yeah. in the year, you know, 2000 and we've got uh, a new way of doing things. So they canceled, you know, or they basically took the creative teams off of every single X-Men book, more or less, and rebooted them with a new status quo and new creative teams And X-Men and Uncanny went to Claremont, and they launched a line of Generation X, X X-Force, and X-Man, which they branded Counter X. And the creative mastermind that they tabbed to be sort of like the the creative lead for all three of those books was Warren Ellis. So I read the uh, the first arc on all three of those this week, and yeah, it's a good time. They're about something <laughs> like hey! all three. Like imagine X man with a premise.
0: I can't. <laughs> <laughs> wow, cool!
1: Well, I'm excited yeah. about that. Yeah. Sweet well, deal. start us up, and then yeah, okay, oh, yeah, okay. oh yeah, and then Sandman.
0: And then we got three issues of Sandman to go over because we've been issues. choosing Sandman for... I know. For forever. Now. Yeah. Um, okay, so Fantastic Four Life Story. Honestly, I almost want people to read it because it's honestly, it's it's a really good standalone story. Like, it's not it's not like legendary like Old Man Logan. Right. But for me, it's in the realm of a good read like magneto testament or okay cool um life's uh, life story duh or uh or something interesting like spider-man reign where it's just like this alt-universe future spider-man old man peter parker kind of a thing but because if if for no other reason than how surprisingly cohesive 60 years worth of fantastic four can be told (laughs) (laughs) Because honestly, like as I was, I actually started to try to take notes down um, because I was, I'm jealous of the fact that you have notes and I tried it for a little bit and I stopped Uh for a while because... I was doing handwriting because I had the physical books. Oh, yeah. I was jealous of the fact that you read your books on your computer and you can type faster than you write. Yeah, yeah. You're just, like, typing as you go. Right. Um, and so I was trying typing out my notes, and I had a note to write down on almost every single page. Wow. Of, okay. Of, like, a plot or arc or something interesting that they just did in this book. So. Right. Highly recommend it for those who are interested in Fantastic Four. If you're not interested in Fantastic Four, don't bother. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) So Fantastic Four, last story. The first issue starts on in April of 1961. And FDR is hiring Reed Richards to Wait, 61 FDR? Not no. JFK? I don't JFK. Yeah, the other three digit, three letters. (laughs) (laughs) JFK hires him. And he's like, hey. We're losing the space race to Russia. We need we need we've we've had three failures. We need this next one to to work. We need yeah. you. I was like okay. So he's going to be in charge of the Cassandra four. And mm-hmm. so all of the spacesuits have four on them. And that's the start uh, of this inkling of like, oh, cool. And so Reed Richards has these off-the-wall ideas about using antimatter fuel. And his, like, because his spaceship design has zero aerodynamics, um, <laughs>
1: because with antimatter, it doesn't matter. Sure. And it's <laughs> much like a Fantastic Car, for example.
0: Yep. And this guy, what's his face? Ricardo Jones is kind of <laughs> was like the primary liaison. Rick, Rick for,
1: Jones. Kind
0: of. But not that Rick Jones. Okay. Because <laughs> he's this old guy. He looks like, I forget who, who he looks like, but he's this he's this, just this bald guy with glasses.
1: Okay, sure. Um,
0: and he is the president's, like, head of space, uh, head of space program. And sure. he was supposed to command Cassandra 4, but um, mm. they're giving it to Richards, and so he's all upset. But anyway, so... Reed is building the antimatter fuel shuttle. Jones gets in the way and says that because they can't test the antimatter fuel, he will not approve the flight. And so uh, they're going to dismantle the shuttle tomorrow. It sure. has nothing to do with the fact that he's like spurned and upset and angry. Right. And Sue is his, is Reed's girlfriend at the time and she was a, a scientist on the project as well mm-hmm. and she's like well they're dismantling it tomorrow so let's <laughs> go tonight right <laughs> uh johnny is there at the compound he's like well i'm coming and they're mm-hmm. like uh, no it, you're way too young he's like well i'm old enough to call nasa and, and route you guys out if you don't let me okay. go okay <laughs> and he's like damn it fine And they're like, we're going to need a pilot. And they're like, I know. And Johnny says, I know somebody. And there's this old. Wait, Johnny knows him. Well, sort of. So there's this old bar called the Runway. And we get introduced to Ben Grimm. He was dishonorably discharged from the Air Force. And he's engaged to this girl named Sally. And he's just kind of drinking his sorrows away from the dis- discharge because now he doesn't have money to pay for the honeymoon, yada, yada, yada. So that's where they meet Ben Grimm. And
1: <laughs> they're like, hey. So in in, this, in this reality, he's not an old buddy of, of Reed's. Okay. Correct.
0: So they go. They launch. Uh, successful. They become the first humans into outer space. And... They come across cosmic rays. Cosmic rays interact with the antimatter fuel poorly, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and everyone gets their powers. Reed reaches and stretches to the emergency landing protocol, so it mm-hmm. sends them back down and saves them. Parachute, blah blah blah. Yeah. Right before he bla- Reed passes out, he sees. He gets his vision of the death of our world, the death of everything, and he sees Galactus.
1: Okay. okay. Oh, also every
0: issue is from the perspective of a different character. First cool. issue is from Reed's perspective as far as yeah. the uh like those, you know, narration bubbles, narration yeah. boxes are concerned. So now, so Reed is now freaked out about what he <laughs> saw. He's like, yeah. holy crap, death is out there. <laughs> yeah. Ben is pissed, um, as he should be, for this guy that he just met last night but turned him into a giant rock monster. But JFK uses this stolen test as proof that the Americans were the first to space. And so they prop up the four and, like, uh, you know, puts out parades for them, blah, blah, blah. And then they have these, now that they have these powers, uh, they, you know, they fight the Mole Man and its Mole Reed and Sue have a very public wedding. The Avengers of the time are in attendance. They go on uh, talk shows with the Beatles. Uh, mm-hmm. Sue is out cool. doing civil rights protests. Um, Sweet, and Reed is just stuck in stuck at the desk thinking about Galactus. Yeah. Reed and Jones get uh, in 1967. They get brought into a talk show, and they're like, "Is there? Is there?" intelligent life out there. And Jones is like, honestly, it's possible, but it's also possible that any civilization that has the technology uh, to explore the stars also has the technology to destroy itself. And Mm -hmm. there's a potential that they've just died out in their attempt to reach the stars. And also possible that they are just what we would call bird watchers. Mm Mm-hmm and they bring in Reed, and he says, I think it's a self-terminating question. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he says, are there any aliens out there? It's a self-terminating question. It's like a deer asking where all the hunters are. Once you know the answer, it's too late. The only civilizations left are those lucky enough not to know. Because, like, the thought of Galactus just is is all he thinks about. And so... Reed builds a subspace chamber and okay. uh because he wants to project himself out into space to look for Galactus and see sure. where he is. Sure. Meanwhile, Jones offers Ben Grimm a little like briefcase thing that lets him like cure him, and it mm. takes his rockiness and gives it to Jones. Jones shows up at the subspace chamber and they both and Reed and Jones in thing form pop up and go through a little wormhole and they come across Galactus. And Jones is like, holy crap, you were right this entire time. And Reed is like, who are you? And he says, and he says, "Um, they call me Galactus Destroyer of worlds. I see you, the terror in your soul. I'm coming for it. I'm coming for you all. And then Jones grabs reed shoves him back through the portal and he dies and in dying ben turns rocky again i don't know how or why but that sure anyway 1969 franklin is born and that's the end of the issue and then so 70s you get introduced to uh, uh reed is going around and doing these like um lectures at universities Hank Pym goes and um, meets him and he's obsessed with ants. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: <tone. laughs> By the way, I, I, I saw Quantumania. Oh, cool. That joke lands every single time. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah. The, the movie wasn't as funny as I hoped. I, I liked it overall. But I just like, you know, I want an Ant-Man movie to be, to be funnier than that was. But every single time, it's like I like ants. I I I just giggled. It, it just was always funny. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's this is literally the only scene that we see him in, um, <laughs> and he's just fanboying over Reed Richards. And then he's like, uh-huh. "Think about the potential of radioactive ants, <laughs> billions of them." <laughs> he's like, "Bro,
1: okay, hey, buddy." <laughs> um, Tony
0: Amazing. Stark is in attendance of. Of this lecture. Huh. And so is Victor Von Doom. And, okay. Uh, he introduces himself and he's like, I see your theories. I see what you're talking about. Because all of Reed's lectures end with... And then there's Galactus. Uh, so oh. he's kind of getting... He's so he's telling everything. the world
1: about Galactus? He's or? trying
0: to tell the world about, okay. the, about Galactus. But imagine being the only person in the world
1: <laughs> that who knows? has seen
0: Galactus. Yeah. And is trying to convince the the all the countries of the world that Galactus right. is a threat and it's coming right. for us. Right.
1: Without um, necessarily like without being like alarmist or boy who cried wolf or any of this stuff to to right. convey a proper threat. Yeah. Without panic. Yeah.
0: This issue is from Sue Storm's uh Sue Richards's cool. perspective. They fight the Mad Thinker. Mad Thinker ends up being a really advanced android that is beyond anything cool currently understand, so they're very impressed. then you get a dealing between, I think this is, no, it's T'Challa. I was gonna say T'Chaka, but no, yeah. T'Challa, Black Panther, dealing with Ulysses Claw, who is in the diamond mining business. And then T'Challa gives him uh, some vibranium as payment for some sort of exchange that they have. And so now he has this new obsession cap is going around vietnam and fighting for the little guy and hmm. just being a soldier meanwhile in florida Wait, which, which, Nate,
1: which one is he considering the little guy in vietnam
0: well so the only scene that we get the introduction scene is in vietnam and an american soldier has three POWs tied up and he's like hey cap you're just in time we got these and then cap hits the soldier with a shield with the shield oh cool <laughs> so he's trying to preserve life <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Namor comes on to land in Florida and starts reading in the library, but he's only wearing a Speedo. So like everyone, all the girls are just like watching him. <laughs> anyway, Doom. Well, Stark tries building a giant ship for people to, for, to help with the uh, planetary defenses because they, because he believes Reed and Reed's like, I don't think this is going to be enough. And Doom is like, okay, let's work on something. And so they start working on armor or like a power gauntlet or mm. like something that's starting to look like it could be a Doctor Doom thing. And Reed, Reed meanwhile, uh, Galactus goes and destroys the Skrull home homeworld. And then there's a meeting at... Arecibo observatory in Puerto Rico. Deep space probe. I, I assume it's a real place. I don't actually sure. know. Um yeah. anyway, they're talking about like what they want to send to what messages they want to send to the universe. And Reed's like, why are we spending time on this freaking the world? <laughs> the world <laughs> is gonna fall apart. Um all the all the while as time passes, uh Reed is finishing this. Uh, suit with Doom, and they're using pieces they sold, They kept the Mad Finger's head, Android <laughs> head, and they are okay. trying to reverse engineer some of the tech from it and using okay. that tech in the suit of armor. Anyway, T'Challa, Namor, and Cap, and Johnny and Sue Storm all meet, and they're like to talk. To they're preparing to address the United mm-hmm. Nations. To okay. be like, we need we need peace and we need to like basically mm-hmm. doing like a peace talk. Sure. When so and while that is happening, Doom has this idea and he kind of reveals himself as they finish the suit. He's just like yeah. the world needs to unite. In order to yeah. unite, they need the common enemy. I we will be that enemy. And Reed <laughs> is like, that's not what we we're doing here. He's like, Oh, I figured you'd say that. So he knocks out Reed and he goes dons his Dr. Doom costume and goes and attacks the UN as this presentation's going on. Wasp is there, Falcon's there, Namor, Cap, Black Panther, and Torch. And it ends with Sue using invisibility to, uh, to beat Doom. And then Sue and Reed break up because he's been obsessing over the Galactus thing and not paying attention to her, so she leaves and yep. she gets with Namor. Mm-hmm. and Reed and Ben move in together, and that's the start of their friendship. And at the end of the issue in 1979, Arcebo calls Reed and there's like, something's coming for Earth. We found it. Okay. Anyway, so 80s has a planetary defense system, and it's from the perspective of Johnny, stuff goes down, but there's more and more heroes showing up like um, Spider-Man's around. Okay. Tony has Iron Man suit. Now Thor's around. Interesting. Iron Man is in his silver, his silver centurion suit. Um, Always a phase. Yep. Yeah. Seriously. By what year is this? By the 19, in 1986, we are post Secret War, so okay. um, Pete is in his symbiote suit. Yeah, and Thor looks the most like the just a ridiculous Asgardian god. Yeah, um, as he's ever been when he has that it, that masked helmet with the wings and stuff.
1: It, yeah, mask gold <laughs> helmet with wings, but bare legs. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> stuff goes down. That, as far as plot is concerned. I'm not going to go into because now I'm I'm, for these last four issues. I kind of want to like scatter it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, But 1989, some bad stuff happens. And then issue four, we've got the 90s. And this is from Ben Grimm's perspective. He's finally like comfortable with himself. He's going on a blind date and he's going to go meet Alicia. Reed is, oh, Reed and Tony went to the government and were like, we have something on. We need to do this shield defense, this planetary defense thing, blah, 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 blah. They deny him. Reed leaves angrily. Tony stays behind. Tony starts going into the the military weapons business. Reed is focusing on um, making this planetary defense system. More advancements um, using the Mad Thinker's head have kind of come through. Uh, We, oh, we get history of ben and why he was dishonorably discharged from the air force that was a nice kind of uh heartfelt story one thing so in 1996 we're like you know 35 years in sure um reed is asleep and he's super gray hair and his face is all wrinkly and
1: stuff Um, yeah we're we're he, he would be in his 50s by now right
0: uh 60s, I guess. Yeah. Like 60, 60s
1: 63. You're going at, you know, yeah, you're you're being um generous in saying that he was, you know, in his twenties and 63. So
0: <laughs> right. So Johnny, Johnny was born in 1948. Okay. And he was the younger brother. So mm-hmm. this is 50 years after that. So yeah, he's probably in his like late 50s, mm-hmm. uh, early sixties. But Ben wakes him up. Cause I have to go to a wedding and he like stretch powers, his face back together. Huh. And so he looks younger. Oh, uh, which is super interesting. interesting. I don't know how that works with making his hair go from white to Brown, but whatever. <laughs> and we're at the wedding of Franklin and a Wakandan named Zawandi.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: Um, yeah. And so that was cool. And then T'Challa uh, gifts Franklin. Actually, I feel like it's T'Challa's daughter. I kind of forget. Um, sure. Clearly doesn't matter. So, anyway, T'Challa gives Franklin a vibranium like circlet because uh, he has these like super strong silent powers that doesn't have full control over. And the circlet should help him uh, channel the powers. Meanwhile, the satellites that, that Reed Whoa. has been <laughs> that Reed's been putting up all go down in the middle in the manner of seconds, and okay. uh, turns out they got taken out by the Silver Surfer. So Silver Surfer flies around the world, kind of taking a look at what the world has to offer. And Then mm-hmm. he shows up at the UN because this seems to be the best place to get the word out. And sure. He says. Hi, Galactus is coming. You have an Earth, or oh, sorry, I'll see you in ten years. Galactus will be here, and we'll destroy you guys. Goodbye. And then you get to the Ots. Seems for, like much uh,
1: more effective heralding. He's really told a whole lot more. You know, like yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> no, actually like, hey, heralding. Yeah, or <laughs> or 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 even like not telling anybody besides you know just like who he sees on the street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, just. Just making an effort <laughs> there, bud. Come on.
0: Yeah. So now you have this like promise to the world that they yeah. have 10 years left to live. Yeah. And so this has changed the perspective of the world. The UN doesn't even meet anymore. Yeah. Um, we're here in 2002. It's very poignant that one of the, on the first page in 2002, the World Trade Center is still up, <laughs> still standing. <laughs> Damn. Uh, they have the Galactus Countdown Four years, three months, 28 days And this issue is from the perspective Of Franklin um, mm. Adult Franklin, clearly <laughs> um, Yeah And le- oh, What year is this now Whatever, down the line I guess I guess this is all in 2002 Bachelor building gets invaded Everyone shows up And it's Silver Surfer Just kind of chilling and He's mm. like, hey, I let myself in and he tells he tells them his story and he about how he saved Zen la to become Galactus's herald. And he said that was several millennia ago, and I'm old. And Galactus is looking for a new herald. Interesting. And Reed Richards. He offers that position to you. He, oh, he offers sh- you the same offer that he gave me. He will spare Earth if you become his new herald. Damn. And you still have, you know, four years or whatever. You've got four years left to change your mind. Let me know. See you later. Bye. And then two years later, uh, what's his face? Uh, Silver Surfer visits Dr. Doom. And Doom Mm -hmm. is like, I hear you made an offer. And he's like, Uh and and Silver Surfer is like, yeah, he's like, I have a better one for you. Let me. So basically, he goes on this monologue. Of course, it's about, yeah, about the world and and what he understands about Galactus and what he is doing, yada, yada. And Silver Surfer is like, what do you propose? He says, tell your master about me. Tell him that I will bend the knee before him and rule the earth on his behalf. Harvesting it of people of consciousness. If your master will forego the one time destruction of this planet, I will implement an aggressive breeding program, allowing him to consume 500 million people every year. In the end, he will have, yeah, in the end, he will have devoured far more of the power cosmic than he'd consumed the earth on arrival. He can, as we have done, forever abandon the darkness of eternal foraging for the warm light of civilization. Civilization being, when all is said and done, merely another word for grazing. So he offers to make earth a like
1: wow factory cool. for I mean uh, fucked up. But wow. What a right, and <laughs> it, it seems like that is not exactly what Galactus is. Like that, it, he doesn't just eat people or consciousness. He eats like so. The, yeah, he the, consumes
0: the planet. At least two, in six
1: in six one six, he right. he eats like the the essence of the planet, like the 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 whole damn thing. Right. Yeah, he, he's not interested yeah, he in the snack. He wants the whole damn meal.
0: He eats the quote unquote life force of the planet. Yeah. To convert it to cosmic, pow- power cosmic to feed himself and sustain yeah. himself. And so yeah. from Dr. Dune's perspective, he's just like, what if I just kept on giving you more? What if I mm-hmm. gave you like eternal appetizers instead of one force?" Right. horse? Yep, yep. So that was interesting. And other stuff goes on. Reed is trying to reach out to Galactus again. He goes on reaching out to Galactus to try to find a weakness. Mm. and 2006 comes it's midnight and it is now galactus day everyone the world mourns together and then read sue franklin and ben um meet with galactus and they have a response
1: and they and you're you're gonna leave it for the reading they
0: are able to stop galactus somehow Which leaves us to issue six in the 2010s, and it's all about Doom. Doom has been spending the better part of the last few years taking over the world. 2014, he takes over Sokovia. There's battles in Simcaria. Miles Morales, uh, Captain Marvel, Ironheart are all heroes now. Doom bots are being sent all over the world he's taken over almost all of south america god like two-thirds of asia with the exception of like the coldest parts of russia um <laughs> most pretty much all of the mainland europe he's taken over greenland for some reason um a handful <laughs> of countries in africa all of australia is his he is Whoa. he is making moves Sue and Steve Rogers are living in this retirement home called Stark Retirement Haven for Heroes. Oh um, wow! And they're just like, man, <laughs> those days, huh? <laughs> 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 what a world, huh? <laughs> um, and so the Doombot thing is reaching ahead, and and Ben, this entire time hasn't aged. Oh wow! Because he's okay. all rock. So he's out there fighting the good fight. You have Tony Stark is out there in a design that looks like bleeding edge armor, but it could be. I don't know. But he's he's old and happy and just smiling and just uh-huh. going around doing his thing. Captain Marvel, Carol <laughs> Danvers is doing her thing. They're all trying to fight the good fight. Uh, Sue gets back in the battle. Sue and Ben are in future foundation uh, suits now. Sweet. Um, and... They have to find a way to stop Doom. And this, after, oh, out, Cap comes out of retirement, old man Cap. And Reed, after the last time, they at the end of the last issue, when they dealt with Galactus, he's been in a ca- relatively catatonic state. Um, okay. and he's been in a wheelchair this entire time, hasn't moved. Characters get involved, and he finally moves and helps get a debug program, basically. Or deactivation code for the sure. Doom Bots, um, okay. and that saves the world. And then it ends with Sue and Reed; they reconciled at the in the last issue. And Sue is taking care of Reed now in the little retirement home. And it ends with the two of them holding each other Aww. in loving in a loving embrace. But yeah, it was. I was really surprised it again like so much happens like two, yeah like well like two-thirds of my entire description was just those first two issues and right it's just like it's it's thick man yeah it was um i really i was happily surprised
1: well i'm glad you enjoyed it
0: me too so <laughs> catch and marvel the trials yeah Two main things happen with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you remember binary, the yeah. being that Carol created out of her own cosmic energy, she basically, like, cloned herself.
1: Oh, um, right. So, because she was binary for a while, but this is a she, different yeah, so, binary that's been going so around she in this So, she went
0: by binaries. Like, Carol's gone by yeah. like Warbird, binary, Captain yeah, Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and so forth. So, in what is it, The Last of the Marvels? I think was the name of the volume. I think it was two volumes ago. She was trapped in this like coffin thing in space. And she tried creating a copy. She tried, uh, she was inspired by Monica Rambeau and the mm. fact that she's just a being made out of light. And she was like, What right. if I could do something similar? And so she created a kind of a cosmic copy of herself and it took it takes the form of binary like with the fire interesting and stuff.
1: yeah yeah
0: um huh. and helps her out and then it just didn't dissipate and she's like okay. uh oh, okay <laughs> so, so she's going around she's she spent the last volume and a half learning how to talk okay. and learning customs of earth and they're trying to Like get her. She's very strong. So she's like, humans are very breaky, so please (laughs) pull your punches a little bit. Um, Yeah. Like in the first issue, Carol disappears. Okay. And Binary and so Binary doesn't know what to do. And so she goes and finds Jessica and Jessica's like, (laughs) I have to take care of this, don't I? (laughs) Um, So they have their little their arc of um binary trying to figure out find, you know, figure out what her identity is, what is she? Uh, yeah. She falls in love with this cat that some kids at a diner they're at has, and then a fight broke out and the cat died. And now, so binary cool. now has to learn about death and the fact that things do die. But like, cause binary and Carol are very resilient. <laughs> And so it's harder for them to die. And so she has to kind of learn about that. And then we find out where Carol went and Mm. Carol disappeared. And the next time we see her, she is on this random planet. It just says somewhere else. (laughs) And so she's on this random planet and there's these aliens that she's been staying with in this village. And every day she goes and she hunts down, this dragon that's been destroying other villages and she defeats the dragon and then goes back home. And it's just been this nonstop loop. And then she wakes up and she is chained to this magic. She's like magically chained to this magical chair. And she's like, wait, is that Agatha Harkness? And she's like, hi, (laughs) Save yourself the energy of the struggle. Those bonds are magical and quite unbreakable for someone like you. And they're like, what the hell? And she's like, what the hell's going on? She's like, welcome to your trial, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel of Earth. Trial? Trial for what? Trial for your crimes against magic and magic users. I, Agatha Harkness, am the arbiter of justice in this tribunal. Sitting in judgment are the devil's daughter, Satana, Alriac, King of the, of the Snapmen, Jericho Drum, Dr. Voodoo, and Ileana mm-hmm. Respond. Rasputina magic Amora the enchantress has brought the complaint against you on behalf of her son Ove whose magical gifts uh, you stripped away f- uh, with no thought for the consequences and Wanda Maximoff the scarlet witch is activating uh, is acting as your advocate so you have hmm. seven known well yeah. six known magic users and then cool. and then Al-Riac, king of the snapmen which yeah. we got should intru- we get introduced to introduce the snapmen as these one off Villains that keep on showing up, um, okay, in in this run of Carol of Captain Marvel. Oh, interesting, and so it's just kind of funny that he shows up now. And yeah, anyway, so Carol's like, Well, this is dumb, (laughs) (laughs) and she states her case and she talks about the future that she's from and uh, what Ove has done to people in attendance. Like, he had Ileana imprisoned he killed Enchantress in the future <laughs> like there's just things wrong with this and Carol's just like you guys are being ridiculous and Agatha's like the real ridiculous one is you doing what you did right so the, the, the trial generally is boils down to from what Carol understands is is what you did Worthy of punishment. But the right. true trial is they need to, with the power level that that Carol is at, mm-hmm. the magic tribunal needs to make a decision on whether she needs to be stopped because she has so much potential.
1: Uh, I see. Okay.
0: Because it's it, it was a really weird way of, of foreshadowing something in the future. But they're just like, Mm -hmm. hey, she's going to, her powers are going to get insane. Just in this run, this is volume eight. In this run, she has learned that she can shoot beams out of her eyes. She has eye blasts instead of just from her hands. She has created a being, a sentient (laughs) being out of her own power. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh, I want to say there was another random accomplishment that she did. Oh, instead of shooting the beam from her fist, she shot it from yeah. her finger and it was a lot more powerful okay. and like, just, you know, narrow down. Sure. Uh, focus. That's the word I was looking for. But so like we've spent the last, you know, what issues are these 37? So the last 36 issues of an already ca- powerful Captain Marvel getting yeah. more versatile with her power. Totally. This is key to for reference for other people. Captain Marvel before this run
1: Already a gigantic powerhouse
0: Has punched Tony Stark Through Hulkbuster armor And killed him Well put him (laughs) in a coma When she got serious Yeah That happened in Civil War 2 Yeah Captain Marvel is a very powerful woman Yes Um, And so But why the magic perspective? I don't know But they're just like Basically, Agatha is like, she's going to have a role in the future. And we need to know. I'm I'm pretty convinced she needs to be stopped. And right. Wanda is like, she's a good person. She will not screw up. Right. And so turns out that this whole cycle of in the village go and fight the dragon, kill a dragon, rinse and repeat is her right. trial. And so it is know. the constant question of Do you only ever answer a problem with force? Mm. And if you do, that's not going to be okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So on this next cycle, she kills the dragon and finds out that there's a little baby dragon next to it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, damn it. And so she takes in the, the baby dragon and walks her in. And... Wanda's like, see?
1: <laughs> she right. does
0: good sometimes. And she's like, yeah, but she killed the dragon. She killed the like big dragon. The mom, yeah. To protect the baby dragon. Which echoes a, a general sentiment that we've seen happen in many different titles. Of, <laughs> like, if you get them as a kid, you can teach them good. And it's always right. nurture over nature. <laughs> right. And... Amora, Enchantress, is getting incredibly tired of the simulation. Everyone else is getting tired of the simulation. And she's like, I'm going to intervene. And Wanda says, if you're going to intervene, I get to do one thing as well. And they're like, deal. So they do it. And Enchantress makes the baby dragon an adult and makes it huge. Mm -hmm. And starts rampaging in the village and destroying the village. Mm -hmm. And so... Wanda does her intervention by putting Carol in her Captain Marvel clothes, uh her uniform instead of like the like rags okay. that she was shirted okay. in in the market, which inspires her to oh, sorry, she she gives her a memory. she she like unlocks a memory of a conversation that Carol had with Wanda back in. Avengers Mansion by the pool mm-hmm. that helped inspire her. They're talking about magic. Magic is all about will and the desire to do what you want to do. And that's how magic works. And yada, yada. yada, yada. Magic's
1: all about you. I get it. God. Yeah, me.
0: So um, <laughs> so Carol's like, okay, I think I get it. And so it's it's about intent and will. And then yeah. she looks at these like gauntlets that she's been wearing. It's the only thing that's not part of her costume. And she's like, "Well, these got to go. These are probably magic." And so she eye beams the F out of her arms to to destroy these shackles, like like <laughs> like blasts off down to the bone.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: In order to give her of the shackles to show her will. Um, yeah. And then by doing so, it breaks the cycle. And Enchantress is all upset and she's like, You went too far. And she's like, Me, you created a giant dragon. I just gave her back her old outfit and reminded her who she is. <laughs> and Enchantress is like, This entire trial is a sham. I will have my justice. And she leaves. And she says, with or without you, Harkness. And says, right. Okay. And Magic is like, She brought the complaint and she just left. <laughs> is that like a magical mistrial or something? <laughs> and and Harkness is like, No, this is never. But Carol, as the dragon disappears, she goes onto to her knees and she starts healing. She's like, ah, okay, magic, got it. So she gets back to Earth, and Enchantress does one last trial, and she finds Lieutenant Trouble, who's this little girl, Kit, who lives in the same apartment building as Carol. And Enchantress introduces herself as... Carol's friend, and she's like, hey, I need your help to save her. And she's like, me? Help save her? He's like, yes, exactly. She's exactly what she needs. Will you help me? She's like, I'll do anything for that than Marvel and turns into a giant dragon on Earth. Okay. And Carol, as soon as Carol gets back, and she's like, you've got to be kidding me. So she goes and starts fighting this dragon uh, while she's doing that binary and Jess see the dragon. They're like, oh, geez. And then L'Oreal shows up because it turns out binary can change her, change what she looks like, and so she's oh. she goes around looking like Carol. And L'Oreal sees that there's a Carol, but she knows that Carol's missing. So she gets so she freaks out and attacks that Carol. It turns out to be binary, oh. and they're like, "Oh, my bad. Okay, sorry." And then <laughs> and then they all go, "Okay, well, let's go um, solve this dragon." And then they find Carol fighting the dragon. They're like, "Oh my gosh, it's Carol!" Happy reunion. <laughs> <laughs> and, then the, and then the dragons <laughs> flying off, and then they're about to go. And as they all start to fly off, Jen or Jess stops and looks over, and she sees <laughs> this girl just watching the dragon and eating her tacos. And then she's like, "Wait, hazmat!" <laughs> and, and she's like, Ugh, "Hi." <laughs> <laughs> It's like, where have you been? There's a freaking giant dragon to up the city. She's like, people still got to eat. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, Jennifer, go get in your suit. Get it together. We need you. She's like, fine, fine. And she's like, she stuffs one taco. She's about to eat another. And just is like, now, no more tacos. <laughs> like, these are the kind of <laughs> interactions yeah. that just are so much fun. Um, That's awesome. It's like, damn it, fine. So they all suit up. They all get ready to go fight. And then Carol's like, no, something's different. I got to try something different. Like, that's the entire point. And so yeah. she flies up to the dragon and she says, I yield. I stop. I'm done. So those are hands up in the air. Dragon pauses and then magics. And then she goes back down to Kit. And Carol's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I almost <laughs> I almost did something <laughs> bad. But I stop, and then you see back in the tribunal, the video of her saying I yield, and just the greatest look of of Wanda standing in front and saying, I rest my fucking case. (laughs) She just has this great look on her face, just like, Uh. what? (laughs) And then tribunal talks, and they're like, okay, well, all right. And Wanda's like, What's the problem? She didn't kill the dragon in the final simulation. And say, like, But only because she broke free of our restraints before it came to that. So now we're punishing her for having the strength of will, the plowed through everything we threw at her. <laughs> and she's so, she, so she's continually making her case. And Agatha's just like, Listen, technically, Carol passed the test. And as such, the tribunal judges her worthy in her role as Captain Marvel. Uh, You have won your case. But as a magician, you know better than most that certain rules cannot be broken. Do you really trust that Carol Danvers understands that? Given her faults, her failings, and her incredible arrogance, do you really trust her to make the best possible decision for you, for the universe? And Carol gives a a tearful final plea for Wanda. And they say, okay, I hope you're right for all of our sakes. So trial is over. Enchantress shows up. And she's like, "What the f? Why do you keep on winning? This is ridiculous." And Carol's like, "Dude, you got screwed over in the future too." And and just <laughs> like, "You're you're lying to me. There's no way. There's, it's my son." And He's like, "Okay, well, scan my memories and let me show you." And it shows the moment that um, yeah that Amora died in Carol's arms when they both <laughs> teamed up to try to stop Ove. <laughs> yeah, um, and she's like, "Fine, this isn't over. I'm out." And then everyone has their heartfelt reconciliations, and then binary says, "I need to go and discover myself and my identity, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna leave." And, and they're like, "Okay, you know, good luck. Come back soon." Sure. So she flies off, and it says next, Axe. So, oh, yeah, and then it, ha- it has an annual. That's just a random one-shot thing uh, with uh, Carol and the Starjammers. It's just. More examples of how ridiculously insane, um, (laughs) powerful Carol is. They fight a giant jellyfish. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, I don't think anything's gonna come of it. There's a bunch of little kids that uh, all are inspired by Carol. Yeah, see, now they've they've arrived. they re... They reacted, they spliced, they multiplied because it's this little girl that she saved and has since multiplied. And says they are not clones, they are her. I cannot tell if they are many or if they are one. I think they share memories, but I do not know if they share consciousness. The Helix experiment was supposed to make the multiform a repository of Hala's power through all time. Bean was supposed to be it, but this is a true multiform. I'm sure they are Hala reborn. So, like, it's just like (laughs) a connection to her Cree heritage type stuff. Sure. So that's the trials. It's um, she, she Ove still hasn't shown up because Ove came back to current 616. He still hasn't shown up, but he doesn't have magic anymore. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. He got away is the main point. Okay. But he's also the son of Namor. So like he, he's powerful without the
1: magic. That's right. <laughs> Na- Namora. But not Namora. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Namora um, as their couple name, even though there's another character named Namora. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Captain America, Symbol of Truth, and Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Captain America, Symbol of Truth deals with... Like, it's, it's Sam Wilson, Captain America. Uh, right. And he's teamed up with Joaquin Torres, who is the new Falcon... Falcon. Right. This fa- so, so he has he has wings and he's like he's like genetically spliced to a falcon. So uh sucks
1: to be you, man.
0: Yeah. So he's got like the talon feet, he's got clawed hands. Uh his Harvey Birdman
1: are also wings.
0: And he has a visor, a super high-tech scanning visor. For whatever okay. reason, he's also apparently super strong because he sure. rips. Like steal <laughs> doors off of okay things, like it's just, it just feels inconsistent, but well, it is not a big deal. Whatever. Sure. Um, they uncover a human trafficking thing because mm, something, something super super soldier serum type stuff.
1: Sure. Hence why they're I was, they're they're basically doing <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, kind of show, in sort
0: of. But it was more it was more that these. People were flagged as having components for a super soldier serum Mm. as opposed to the flag smashers having super soldier serum. Right. Okay. But it turns out what they had were little bits of vibranium Mm. tucked away like in their shoes. Interesting. Um, And so. The trafficking ring One of the people that they Found and fought Was Joaquin Torres's Cousin Okay, And so he has A personal stake in this now They found out about this shipment by From Misty Knight Falcon or Sam Wilson and Misty Knight Are dating currently Classically Misty Knight has been a Girlfriend of uh, Danny Rand Right um, That's not a thing right now and we also have the White Wolf. Uh, White Wolf, we got introduced to in a random one-shot Black Panther book a few few episodes ago. I thought it was a okay. throwaway, but it's clearly not. Sure, <laughs> um, interesting. But he's he grew up with T'Challa, uh, and they are considered brothers. Uh, his dad was some some businessman from from the UK, I think. Sure. That had some dealings with T'Chaka, and so he and T'Challa grew up together. His dad died, and so T'Chaka adopted him, and so they are they're brothers, but they're not related, sure, because this guy's white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so you know, we're, we're you and I are familiar with this this arrangement. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> acutely. If anybody um, can believe this,
0: it's us. <laughs> So White Wolf, well, yeah, but also White Wolf is... Well, I guess you guys might be on the same list. Say it. Because
1: White Wolf is a terrorist. So. <laughs> oh, okay. I have been on a watch list before. It's true. Yes. Yeah, so
0: I guess there's that. But... Um, so, so White Wolf goes and breaks Crossbone out of prison because he wants him to work for him. And he's like, he want to overthrow a country with me? And he's like, let's do this. So... um <laughs> So you have now Crossbones working for White Wolf and Sam going and finding the vibranium makes him want to go and work with Wakanda. There's, oh, there's this other social part, (laughs) a like Wakanda, not Wakanda forever type movement. It's Wakanda sometimes. Okay. So, well, Wakanda is opening its borders To people who want to get out of America and go to a better nation. Okay. Um, Interesting. And Mm -hmm. so there's like this huge like civil rights type movement to inspire people to be Wakandan forever and go and move to Wakanda. Interesting. The only reason why I point that out is because. Is it
1: specifically recruiting black people? Is this like the the like. 1800s I go back back home, to kind of back thing. to africa movement or is, i so
0: it has been only black people so i'm going to say yeah. yes okay um but I, i'm I'm, I'm just not familiar with that 1800s movement and so i can't yeah. really
1: speak to it i don't um, know much about it myself so i can't really it from what i do very vaguely remember very fraught idea anyway hmm. But, like, um, for example, the country of Liberia is like mostly former American, oh. uh, like African American, yeah, or or was founded as such.
0: Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that.
1: Um, you look at the flag, the flag looks almost exactly like the U.S. flag, <laughs> I, th- mm. I think, yeah, just with one star. Interesting, wow,
0: yeah, so I, yeah, I'm.
1: I do not know these things. This is why <laughs> this is
0: why we work together. Okay. So
1: um sorry, I, I this it. is just what happens when you spend like half of your life on Wikipedia.
0: <laughs> no worries. No, no worries. So <laughs> the the people were the the human trafficking that they got involved in led to this drug ring that was trafficking that was smuggling contraband through Latveria, and so so Sam goes and tries to deal with that. But then Doom is like, "Why are you cr- trespassing?" And he's like, "Listen, this is what's happening." And Doom is like, "Leave." So anyway, <laughs> it, it's it's like it's Sam Wilson in his Captain America outfit, literally going from. Big nation to big nation And confronting yeah. the heads of the nation So like the first like Two issues are him dealing with the American Government Interesting. and uh, Dealings with like the Me- Mexican Trafficking and then he goes to Liberia and has a one a face to Face with doom um, mm-hmm. And then that's where and that issue is where they find Out about the vibranium stuff and so now He reaches out to Wakanda And he's like guys I need to tell you about this vibranium stuff And they're like uh will handle this and he's like I need to go to La to uh, Wakanda to deal with this and they're like we're not allowing you to come in here please do not come mm. in we're dealing with some other shit right now as as we have seen in the Black Panther title because so he's talking to Shuri and the representatives from the like the democratic government that they created prime minister of Ful- um and princess Shuri and they're like yeah it's not it's not We're not letting you in. Don't come here. And he's like, damn it, come on. And so he gets in his civvies and joins the Wakandan Forever movement and like ships over that way. My complaint about this is like Sam Wilson, like they're playing to like black people just not looking unique because he gets through everything and nobody. recognizes that he's sam wilson like <laughs> sam wilson <laughs> is a public figure and well wow. yeah like all of his costumes are just goggles <laughs> like <laughs> he's not covered his face isn't covered uh it uh, it's
1: <sighs> well wow. okay sure
0: It just, it bugged me a little bit that nobody, like, throughout the entire... Even here, it's recruitment that's racist. Yeah. Right? Well, all of the recruitment centers and and plane that he went on, nobody recognized that he's Sam Wilson, Captain
1: America. That is pretty outrageous. (laughs) Whatever.
0: Um, (laughs) (laughs) More trafficking, blah, 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 crossbones involved, crossbones and Sam fight, Sam, so what people don't always remember is that Sam has this superpower of being psychically connected to birds. Right. Um, and so he calls in the cavalry to deal with crossbones and some of the hydragoons with a bunch of birds from around the, the <laughs> forest that he got pulled into. And that's wild. <laughs> um And then Chala shows up and he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, dude, I need I need your help. And he's like, leave Wakanda. And so the two of them fight. Okay. And, Great. and then <laughs> the Charlie keeps on putting him down. He's like, I am Wakanda. You can't do this. And then Sam Wilson in his civvy stands up and says, I'm Captain America and I can do this all day. And so he gets his okay. moment. Uh, I can do then, this all day. Yeah. And then jo- Joaquin... Shows up, and they leave, basically. Um,
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Joaquin's here. Bye.
0: Kind of, honestly. Yeah. And then Joaquin saves his cousin and gets him, gets them to uh, a family member in somewhere. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, sorry, right. in, in Arizona. Yeah. And so now they're, like, charged to deal with the White Wolf, T'Challa hunts down uh, Sam, and they have like a they have like half of a page of reconciliation, and and it ends with White Wolf having some of his plans foiled, and so he crushes the glass that he was holding, and then mm-hmm. a voice from off screen says, "White Wolf, the the Muhandan Prime Minister is en route. Our forces are ready." He says, "Very good. You may proceed." And then it ends. So anyway. Miles Morales is set in in an alternate future <laughs> timeline. Uh, I'm, I'm jumping okay. over because yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm brushing over because I want to talk about something else. Miles Morales and Shift, who is a clone, the, an amorphous clone of Miles. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they had to. The, the... They did a clone saga thing. Yes,
1: <laughs> they did a clone saga for Miles. Um, they just they, they 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 had the opportunity to have a new Spider-Man and not make the mistakes of the past. And they're like what do we do oh let's make those past mistakes they're like okay what are what what are the the old spider-man stories that we can you know regurgitate for this new character okay let's skip the good ones and go straight to the clone saga i'm sorry yep, yep.
0: no you're good so the last <laughs> the last volume ended with his, with his uncle getting thrown into a dimensional portal and him jumping in to try to save him so sure. it starts in this other dimensional space trying to figure out what's going on. And they come across Ultimatum, who is 616's Miles Morales. Okay. Who found out about Miles and his weird energy signature. And so he started searching for other of those weird energy signatures and has collected things from the ultimate universe. And so he has... Thor's like power belt Thing he has Pym's particles uh, And his And the suit that comes with it and he has Like ultimate Iron Man's rocket boots Okay anyway We he, we got introduced to him A couple of volumes ago um, Sure and he disappeared into this other Dimension and now We yeah. ended up in the same dimension as him Sure okay um, Interesting and so they have a fight again because why not? Because um, why not?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the thing to do. Um, and then energy explosion. And then <laughs> they find the other uh, another portal that jumps through time, and Miles and Shift go through it, and they come out to. They go to. it, They find a portal. And they come out and. It's a different universe, and it's a it's a timeline where Selim or Selim, which is miles backwards, Uh, he was the leader. So okay, when we got introduced to those uh, those clones, there was Selim, there was Shift, and there was like this like psychic spider thing guy. I could go and look up the name, but it doesn't matter and I don't care. Yeah. Because he died. (laughs) That one died and then Salim died and then Shift changed teams and has been hanging out with Miles. So, in this universe, Salim Salim won (laughs) and Miles died. And so, Shift and the mind guy are all alive and they have taken over Brooklyn. Okay, (sighs) Sure. Uh, was it? I think it's 20 years have passed.
1: We all accept our spider overlords.
0: Mm mm-hmm. uh, 20 years have passed, and Selim put a dimensional barrier around Brooklyn to protect them, to protect Brooklyn from the rest of the world, but also to keep the rest of the world out. So I don't no know. We don't know anything. We don't know anything about the rest of the world. We spend okay. zero time with any of there. But what we do get. Is a grown-up Billy who is her who is Miles' baby sister, uh, who is currently an infant. And in a couple of years, I'm sure she'll be three or two <laughs> and walking around, and then um, right, and then we'll get, stay at that then, age forever. Yeah. <laughs> and she is the leader of the resistance, and okay. she doesn't know that Miles is the Spider-Man, her brother. Because she grew up in this world where every bad thing that has happened to Brooklyn has had that red spider on it. And so Mm. she has a vehement dislike for the spider. Anyway, you get an adult Genki. uh, You find out that... So Salim has a miracle drug that's keeping him young. And something is powering the dimensional barrier. The miracle drug that's keeping him young is Peter Parker. Uh, and it has been draining Pete. And so now he's super old. And then the thing, the mat, the battery that is powering the, mat, the dimensional barrier is Uncle Aaron, the prowler. Um, something, something, something. His from he's from a different dimension. And so uh his dimensional signature. Powers the dimensional barrier. It doesn't make sense. Um, mm-hmm. It's dumb. And and and. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know they all, they they fight, they win they, they do a the thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Aaron has been tied to this generator for decades. He okay. has not aged. Sure. It doesn't make sense. But that's fine. And (laughs) so here's here's the thing that I've noticed happens in a lot of books. Um, Okay. But you have, so you have this like old skinny Peter Parker who's been, you know, tied up and used for decades. You have Aaron Davis who's been chained. Literally, the way (laughs) he is feeding energy to the dimensional barrier Uh is... There's a dimensional engine and he's he's just chained to the front of it.
1: Oh my God. It's some real fucking Mad Max Fury Road vibes right here. Like this guy's about <laughs> to rip off a sick guitar solo as we all send ourselves to Valhalla. Basically. So
0: what bugs me, and it's okay. never not going to be a thing, is yeah. you have these two characters who've been chained up or locked away for for decades. Sometimes it's yeah. just years. Sometimes, in this case, it's like twenty years. Once they are <laughs> released, they yeah. can
1: fight. Right, they're in perfect physical condition immediately.
0: Pete has the excuse of spider powers, but even then, sure. his bones, man, his bones. Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on. Um, Aaron Davis recovers within an issue and joins the fight against Solemn.
1: Yeah. Solim.
0: And it's just, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's unrealistic and it bugs me, but it's its always going to be a thing. It's such a joke. There's always going to be that 11th hour return yep. of well, the because release captive.
1: The, right. You need your your tides to shift in battle. You need the tension to shift on the in the story quickly, and you also need to provide the redemption arc for you know for that character or whatever right. as their their righteous comeuppance for their imprisonment. But no, I get it. It's 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 such a trope, and it's total totally ridiculous, right?
0: And but like, it that's never not going to happen, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a it's a total. Plot. It's a storytelling device. Anyway, anyway, they win, and um <laughs> there's enough residual energy in the dimensional barrier that they can use it to power the portal to send Shift and Miles and Aaron back home. So, of course, whatever. The last yep. issue is a back at home. Holy crap! I've been through some shit. Issue for Miles. And he goes on a date with Tiana, who is Vulture's granddaughter, who is her own hero named Starling. So just think of the Vulture as a good guy. Instead of green and white, it's black and red and a black woman.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Okay.
0: And um, yeah, that's so that's. That's that. Uh he does a team up with uh he does a team up with um Rhino who's exploring being
1: better okay.
0: which is something we get hints of during Thunderbolts and other times that he's shown up. The only thing that bugs me is he does he, He's always been
1: kind of a reluctant antagonist or not yes. always but yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: at least over the last like 10 years. Yeah. Is but he just he doesn't have his Accent, which is always go, it goes back and forth. It's not a big sure. deal, but like,
1: yeah, whatever. I th- I feel like in general they do less of like the the outrageous, overdone accent these days. It's true, you know. Cosmo like like has a strong accent anymore. Gambit, they've really toned down. For example,
0: <laughs> yes, Gambit and and Rogue for sure. Yeah, um, and like. So what? Like, if that yeah. is what you're complaining about about a story? Well, it's, it's a also like, story.
1: <laughs> it, it's 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 a it's a kind of a long-standing thing in in fiction in general. Like, how much do you transliterate the accent versus just like, okay, we right. know when they have the accent, let's just <laughs> yeah, write what they're sure. saying.
0: Okay, so two books of big nothings, and I think. Part so here's part of the reason why I think it's a problem. Yeah, why there is Let's a go. problem, and I don't know how Marvel can solve it currently. Mm. Okay. So interesting. Miles Morales. Original. Yes. This is Miles from the Ultimate Universe from Earth 1610. Right. right. He in that universe, Peter Parker died. He yep. got the spider powers. He yeah. wanted to be a hero, and so he has his whole hero his whole hero arc. In 1610. Yes. He inherits uh, Peter's uh, Rogue's Gallery. Boom. Yep. Easy. Mm -hmm. He comes over to 616. It's like, who is this guy? What does he do? Yeah. He's a Spider Man. Pete is a Spider Man.
1: Pete has his
0: Rogue's Gallery already existing. What is Miles supposed to do?
1: Right. And Miles is a popular enough character that you want him, you, you want him around. You want to keep having right. things for him to do. Right. So Sam Wilson decades mm. as Falcon.
0: Yeah. He has been the Falcon. He gets his own yeah. story where he becomes captain America while yep. Steve, while well, Steve's super soldier serum is deactivated. And so he ages up instantly for some reason. He's old man, Steve. So yeah. He becomes Captain America in that storyline. He comes across Joaquin Torres. Joaquin gets experimented on by Zabo or somebody and gets turned into the new Falcon. Yeah, Steve Rogers gets his powers back. What's Sam Wilson supposed to do?
1: You can't let him take a step back,
0: apparently. So, like, now he can't be. He now we either have two Falcons or we have two Captain Americas. <laughs> oh, yeah. or you give him a new name, right? So, sure, I I would be a fan as it's just as far as titles are concerned. I could see Falcon yeah. taking on a new name, cool. I could see sorry right. Sam Wilson taking on a new name, cool, right? But he's never had his own Rogues Gallery. What kind of stories right. do you tell about Sam Wilson?
1: Right. I mean, I do think this is. A, a matter of like you can't let this character take a step back because you built him up too too big for that. You know, yeah. like he has you have to both believe him as the gra- gravitas of Captain America and like not have him threaten yeah, the establishment of you know who we already know to be Captain or you know, Steve Rogers is Captain America, the Because you still want Steve Rogers to be a character too. It's it's a real Mm -hmm. like having your cake and eating it too kind of place. I would argue it's slightly different in the fact that like Miles Morales is a much more major character than Sam Wilson. I feel like I feel like you you could. You know, like Bucky was Captain America for a while, went back to being Winter Soldier, and everybody was fine with that. I feel like you could, you could, you know, Jane Foster was Thor for a while, and then like found a different thing. And I feel like you could, like, kill off this Joaquin Torres character, Falcon's. Like, I recognize now that being Falcon is a is a meaningful and important thing, and and I want to honor his legacy, and and you know, I'm going to embrace being Falcon now. Or whatever, but like, there's also the race politics of Falcon being basically a sidekick. And like you said, not ever developing his own rogues gallery or, or like, you know, importance as a character. So yeah, that it, that's (laughs) fraught in its own way.
0: Yeah. And it sucks that these are two famous black characters. that I'm I'm like complaining about or critiquing heavily.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) and this is, this is, this is the, this is the problem with like this particular type of representation is that when you are making like, Oh, there's a black captain America. Oh, there's a black Spider-Man. Like all of these derivative characters are your black superheroes. Then they are seen by, a certain portion of the audience, and by you know just fan expectation and familiarity as you know a as a derivative character, as like you know one of or you know like a particular flavor or strain rather than like yeah, like a a black superhero who gets to be their own person and succeed in their own right, you know, like yeah,
0: I mean, like with miles i cut like the title of the book is Miles Morales. It's not even yeah. called like there was a time where it was Miles Morales Spider-Man. There's a time where it was just Spider Man, right. there's another time where it was Spider-Man, Miles Morales. But like now <laughs> it's just called Miles Morales. And it's like right. I, I would rather him go by like Spider. If Spider mm. wasn't <laughs> wasn't, Black Maybe Spider. For <laughs> wasn't Black Cat's nickname for wasn't Black Hat's nickname for Spider-Man. I I think it would have. I think it could have legs, because, like, I mean, we've gone forever having more than one Spider Woman at a time, and like the world just kind of is fine with it.
1: I mean, that also kind of sucked, and eventually they're like, "All right, let's clear this up." Julia Carpenter, get out of here.
0: She's Madame Web now, but she's Madame Web exactly. Spider Woman. Oh my God! Okay, on top of Jessica Drew being Spider Woman, Um, sure. so yeah, so there's there's an issue zero of Captain America that um, we're going to come across again, as I found out, and it's a it's a team up between Steve and and Falcon, and huh. it ends with uh, Steve and Sam, sorry, and, it, and yeah. it's they they fight Arnim Zola and it's a whole thing, but like it ends with this kind of banter between the two of. <laughs> Sam says, so which one of us, which one of us is going to be the uncanny Captain America? <laughs> or so he says, so he says, awkward question. Shoot. You're going to be astonishing Captain America, or is that going to be me? Really? Sam now? Cause they're in the middle of like an explosion. Yeah. And he's like, if you want my opinion, I think uncanny Captain America suits you. Not spectacular Captain America. I mean, sure. <laughs> but I think you could, I think you could really pull off uncanny." Don't why don't you take uncanny? It's like, I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, and then it ends with it's like, how about this? No adjectives, we're both just Captain America. It's like, I could get behind that, yeah, that could work. And like, okay,
1: (laughs) sure, like, and it's, yeah,
0: there's only one shield. Sorry, that's a lie. There's (laughs) they both have a shield, it's just one isn't. is a, a tradition that of the yeah back. yeah right but like is uh, i don't know i i i don't know i don't i think there is a problem that neither of these two have their own space i agree and i don't know what the answer is going to be at least with the sam wilson cap he had Crossbones to fight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like, and then in in Miles, they've actually spent time introducing new characters for him to like start build building his like right his world. So you've got Tiana and you've got Ultimatum and the Assessor and random stuff like that. But
1: yeah, Miles is also like just being the the whole fish out of water thing and, and being outside of his universe. Like that's such a uh, well, as we learned from X-Man, like what a what a constrained and difficult like place to to build your character from because you have no connections and that you know a person's context is really what makes them you know how you do it, you pretend like they've been here the whole time because they have
0: not right. addressed like directly addressed that, like at all. That mm-hmm. he feels out of place. Yeah. Interesting. Um and so, like, for whatever reason, when Owen Reese decided to save Miles and send him to Six One Six, he brought his whole world <laughs> with him. And so, every
1: it, person, it he brought his mom and dad. Yeah, it brought yeah. his mom and dad.
0: It brought Genki. It brought his uncle. Who now we have two Prowlers in Six One Six. Sure, both with different aesthetics, and one. Yeah, one being a, a techie good guy and one being a bad guy for hire thief man and it's like the world has like for so long forgotten about hobie brown that we're just okay with aaron davis being the new prowler but like they're both out right. there and we just saw <laughs> hobie in carnage right and it's, i don't know it's the Miles's story is weird and like I'm 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 happy for him and I'm glad that he his power set is is different or or more even than Pete yeah. and like he is a distinctive thing. Yes. But like, and and I, I I'm also glad that they you. didn't
1: abandon him after the end of the ultimate universe that yes. they yes. are committed to him as a character. He's a great character, he's a great concept. He deserves to be, you know, continue to be published and to, to, you know, have time to somebody to figure out who he is and what he's doing and what's important about him. And, and, you know, these aren't unanswerable questions, I don't think, but they do need to seriously be addressed because you do need to like actually come up with a reason why this isn't just, oh, it's Spider-Man, but he's, you know. Afro Latino he's oh oh, it's just Spider-Man He's black like no he's (laughs) Right come up with the Like what's What's interesting and unique about him What's different what can he do Besides just powers that Spider-Man can't Do what stories can you tell through him that You can't tell through Spider-Man How how are they like Distinct
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah so yeah I don't know It's it's something that just kind of stood out To me in this pack of reading because I get two of them at once I guess I don't have the answer, but I like I, I can't tell you if someone sat me down, I was like, where does Miles fit in? Where does Sam Wilson fit in? Yeah. And I don't know what their places are. Yeah. So yeah, on top of that, so this was Captain America's symbol of truth. There's also mm-hmm. Captain America's Sentinel of Liberty that is going on. And that is the Steve Rogers story. Huh. And that okay. book. Is
1: because you can't use adjectives to, to so you have to have no. you have to have subtitles. <laughs> <That's> Sub- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the true, true, um,
0: true racial equality is, is
1: subtitles, not not adjectives. There we Exactly. Go. So both
0: books have issue zero and okay. then five of their individual titles. So that will be coming up pretty soon, actually. Interesting. Okay. So anyway, that was my reading. It was yeah. It was honestly lackluster. I, I'm, it, it always makes me a little bummed when my favorite book is an alternate reality book and not mm. like something from 616. Because right. uh, Life Story Fantastic Four was super fun. But uh yeah, you know, things things are moving, I guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the 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 novella continues on. You the you know, sometimes there's some filler episodes in your in exactly. your anime epic but uh you're still committed yep <sighs> so all right let's give me a so counter x yeah so so like i said if we're talking about claremont revolution and all that and how like they had this opportunity to kind of move x-men forward for a new millennium you've got the you've got ultimate coming out you've got the movie coming out, you know, what, what does this look for, like for the 616 comics? And for X-Men and Uncanny X-Men, it was taking a big step into the past. And for for these other three books, they really went the other direction. They They actually moved in a way that it's like you can start to see the future of comics here. You know, like not just... You know, in terms of characterization, although like as we'll get to like X men like a, a lot of these, especially minor characters, like every time they've appeared since th- this counter X only went on for like twelve issues for each title. Like Jesse Bedlam just popped up in in like the the background of an issue on Krakoa that I saw, and he had the the character design that he has on uh, on you know this run of x-force where he has a bleached x Uh on the side of his head like every time you see x-man now he's not wearing a shirt and he's not wearing shoes and he's got the x (laughs) tattoo on his on his back right yeah like yeah so despite how short this this lasted it was very impactful for how you see a lot of characters and it also reads like a modern comic too like the, the flow, like everything is very decompressed. Like these are four issue arcs and I have so little to say about each of them. The, the, the amount of plot that gets covered is nothing, but the action sequences are fast and breezy, like real cinematic, like people talk in really naturalistic ways and, you know, plot moves like without like a just outrageous amount of, of, exposition and recap and and monologuing and you know you 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 just have other ways to learn things it it feels people say filmic for a lot of modern comics like more like watching a movie than than like reading an adventure pulp prose story or something but that's kind of where we're at
0: would you say this is kind of like the start of like the transition to modern storytelling
1: for in X-Men for X-Men for sure. And you know, Warren Ellis was a big sort of um pioneer in this the w- in the authority w- w- is what a lot of people kind of credit, you know, like Warren Ellis, Mark Millar and a little bit Brian Michael Bendis as some of the 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 main authors of that kind of like changed comics in this way in this era and more things being written for trades etc and so things are decompressed stories move more quickly comics panels more often fill the full width of the screen so they take your uh. they take or sorry of of the of the page and so they take they use your full visual register and you go you just go in one direction straight down the page they're widescreen kind of like um a uh, film aspect ratio. They take your whole like eyesight because your eyes are horizontal from each other. So you see wider than you see tall and all of these things kind of combine for a faster read. Got you. Anyway, now that I'm done being a nerd about it,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like you'd have a background in, in comic writing or something.
1: Yeah. You know, so, so Generation X is co-written by Warren Ellis and Brian Wood. And there's a new dynamic at school. Everett's gone, and it's a real mystery what happened to him. Everyone's like, oh, you know, whatever happened to Ev is like a real sore subject for people. Everett being sync. And he and Monet's romance was like, finally, maybe just getting started. But anyway. There's this like creepy war criminal guy and he's been been contracted essentially to uh, his name is Warden Johnston Coffin and he it has been you know kind of like a a spook of the spy underworld superpower something something yada yada sort of the the dark and and dangerous parts of American government that you know nobody wants you to know about, et cetera, et cetera. But he's also just right. like a super powered bastard. And he is running this sort of like boarding house for superhero or you know, for uh superheroed kids, uh, superpowered young people that got buried decades ago and everybody's ba- just been turned into like mush and killed, essentially. Meanwhile, the students Out at Generation X uh, at the Massachusetts Academy, like all of the the human students have been sent home. It's just these, uh, you know, the, the Generation X members minus Ev left, and they're just, they're kind of bored, honestly. And so... Sean and Emma are, you know, doing a lot more to just like actually train them one-on-one. You get cool training sequences where, you know, they're using their powers and and having and sparring, but they kind of find out about this boarding house and Paige is like, hey, we got to go on a mission and, and do something about this. And, and they, they, they end up, you know, they get kind of like story purposes besides their their powers or their, their sort of like field battle purposes. So like, or like roles on the team. Right. So May, Paige page husk, she's the moral purpose. She's sort of like the, the driving force of like, Hey, we got to get out there and do stuff. Jubilee, you know, owing to her time with the X-Men has turned into a fantastic tactical leader and field leader for the team. Monet is just extremely competent at everything. You just tell her to do something and she's going to go do it. Jono is the powerhouse. Skin eh, mostly comic relief. Sean Banshee is just the dad, and Emma is rich and hungover, (laughs) just perpetually. Yeah, so they they go to the house of correction. They fight against this like creepy centaur robot with pigtails, and like they're pumping all these kids full of like you know weird stuff. Big fight and liberate it, and blah, blah, blah. So like plot and, and, and it kind of all centers around a main thesis, which is America is afraid of its children. That's kind of like the, the, the purpose line that runs through the center of this entire arc and, Mm. and why all of this is going on and, and kind of gives generation X their purpose. Like what, what does it mean to have a team of young mutants? And this is kind of like, You think of the context of, you know, Y2K, you've got like Columbine happened recently and you've got a lot of like, not that any of that is like particularly unique to that era, but there's a lot of like shock about youth culture and, and, you know, violent video games and like, you know, all of these things that are, that are so, you know, spoiling the minds and the, the whatever of today's youth. And it kind of puts together this full thesis of of the times and of the book that that gives, gener- you know, why is Generation X relevant? Why are they a team? Why do they exist? It's because America is afraid of its children. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Because it's a Warren Ellis and also Brian Wood book, you've got, <laughs> you know, a lot of your trademark just like banter, like Chamber is complaining about the this shit that uh like the literal dump that jubilee left in the toilet uh <laughs> <laughs> somebody mentions kitty pride and jubilee says the only uh, you know uh it's just like kitty pride would have you know broken this code an hour ago jubilee says the only things that kitty Pied pride breaks are diets and lawn furniture <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy them being rivals as, you know, co-mentees uh, of, of Wolverine. But that yeah. shit's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and another another good line, you know, they, they, uh, they send um, Monet off to do something. Uh, Jubilee says, impress me, rich girl. And Monet says, Jubilee, it doesn't take much to impress you. Counting to ten without using my fingers usually suffices. Damn.
0: (laughs) Goodness.
1: Yeah. So that's, so this is kind of like, again, it's a very simple plot. There's a a creepy thing going on. They go in, they bust it up. There's cool, you know, explorations of their uses of powers. They all have a, a sense of purpose, but this isn't like a grand story arc. Over four issues and it's the type of thing that in previous times would go through one or two, but it's It's more grounded. It's it's more about tone about um, characterization and about just actual like fun action beats and moments. So that leads to less things to recap, but it's kind of the same way for all of these moving on to X-Force. Sure. So Pete it opens on Pete Wisdom. He has an eye patch now. His eye is fine. He just thinks it makes him look sexy. He has like a you know, once again, we're going for like the, the dark underbelly of the government, right? And like the the spy community. And it's, not um, it's the
0: UK government.
1: But it's the UK. And he meets up with Alistair Stewart. He was a supporting character in Excalibur for a while. He is he was the the head of the weird happenings organization or who before that got subsumed into Black air and, but it was like the the the, you know, and then also kind of mi 13 and they they're never really sure what the actual organization du jour is in the UK. It changes all the time. but he was, you know, like a Kitty Pride had a big crush on him, et cetera, et cetera. And they have a chat on a dock, you know, just typical uh, spooky spy stuff. And Pete Wisdom blows up a mutant dissection lab because basically this has been allowed to operate under the thumb of the... Or, like, with the knowledge of the UK government. They know it's existed. They won't do anything about it. But, I mean, they're dissecting people. It's fucked up. So wisdom has you know explodes it and uh has a, a a grand sort of speech about what's wrong with the intelligence community and how they protect their positions and serve governments and don't actually do the right thing and so then we learn about soviet science city 53 which is a similar construct uh over in russia and it's been overrun by I'm going to say this. This is a very Warren Ellis sentence here. Meat spore stormtroopers slash cellular automata. They are... If you built robots out of meat and blood and they're self-replicating. So, like, the artificial life forms that are constructed using living tissue. and Yeah. And they... Kill and self-replicate, and the tech is from Cuckoo, which is an American intelligence agency, a shadow of the CIA. There's a distress call, uh, gets to Pete. Pete brings in X Force. He does, he's met with them, you know, off-page during the six-month gap, and and you know they've developed a working relationship. He tells them to call him Professor W. Uh, <laughs> okay. He's just being a bastard. He's, very again, very Warren Ellis, author, insert character. No surprise that he shows back up when Warren Ellis does. And they they make short work of, of the uh, these robot meat spore, spore stormtroopers. They all have cool displays of their powers and use them in ta- cool tactical combinations. You know, Cannonball does, like, a death-from-above maneuver where he just, like just flies straight down into the center of like you know what they have going on and makes a massive shockwave and then Tabitha has started just shooting straight up shooting plasma rather than only making bombs etc and at the end of it Pete Wisdom says hey let's keep this arrangement going you all wanted a real job and real purpose you don't want to just be like an extreme version of the X-Men be an actual underground like be live, live alongside this sort of like shady, scummy world of, you know, the, the underbelly of what is known in government and polite circles and in, in the intelligence industry, but, you know, do that in the cool superhero, like doing good for the world way. And so there you go. That's the, that's the new premise for X-Force. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's it's closer to the Krakoa X Force, quite honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Cyclops is X Force.
1: Yeah, for sure. We also have Warren Ellis writing <laughs> Tabitha Smith, who he wrote on Next Wave as a just absolute complete brainless moron, which is fun. And he's she hasn't gone quite to that. Extreme in characterization yet But you can tell That you know Everybody's having a little bit of fun with it
0: mm. For If P. Wisdom Is involved Does it not make more sense for him to Call Excalibur
1: Well Excalibur's gone for one Yeah Or like put together an Excalibur team A new Excalibur I suppose Just from part, a yeah. like Outsider's perspective Right I could see that Yeah, just because he can work in the, you know, in the UK and he has more, like, connections. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really have it. They just, they handed Warren Ellis X-Books and he said, I'm bringing in Pete Wisdom (laughs) and damn the consequences. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. You know, it was either put him here or put him with X-Man. And I think he made the right choice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so continuing on, the director of that deranged U.S. spy program, Cuckoo, is named Niles Roman. And the KGB tried to assassinate him back in the day. Their recovery turned him into a lizard man. He created a bioreactor in San Francisco. And that like would turn other people like give them superpowers, essentially just giving the, the general public. They were trying to model basically in the fifties, this agency cuckoo was tasked with making projections about what would happen in a theoretical mutant human racial war, but they needed hard data to do it. So they decided to make their own mutant war population in using this bioreactor and Hmm. gives them the program to basically go kill all humans. They were ordered to abandon the project, but they're in love with their science, et cetera, et cetera. So this San Francisco bioreactor is the same technology as these meat spores. And so it's convenient that it's in San Francisco because that is where X force was already living, hanging out. It is also convenient uh, because it, dovetails really well into just sort of like the ongoing culture of San Francisco as a place where like altered states of consciousness are given more importance and historical leeway, you know, just sort of like drug war slash counterculture psychedelia history. So anyway, it turns on and people start getting you know, superpowers and getting hostile, and there's a big fight. X Force goes in, cool fight scenes. While the team is in the field, Roman, the Cuckoo director, discovers that Wisdom is piggybacking off. So Wisdom's just like chilling, watching the whole thing on a monitor, being like, aha, yes, you guys are awesome. <laughs> you know, the director guy, director Lizard Man, discovers that. Wisdom is piggybacking off of their surveillance of the situation, tracks it back to get a drop on uh, Wisdom. There's a cliffhanger as he's presumed dead. And just once again, the pace of these books, like one whole issue is the team learning about the San Francisco bioreactor and having an uneventful plane ride over to San Francisco and talking to each other. And it's banter mixed in with uh, exposition And some actual character moments and stuff. And it's a great read. It's just fun to read this issue where really nothing happens. They learn about a thing and they make their way from one place to another. The cast, there's no Danny Moonstar. There's no Domino. There's no Sunspot. It's just Cannonball, Boom Boom, Warpath, and Jesse Bedlam. Sam's got a goatee now. Jesse, like I kind of mentioned before, has a big X bleached into the side of his head. James can fly. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I think they <laughs> realize their mistake pretty quickly. Uh I feel
0: like I feel like he does I feel like he has like limited flight. Yeah, maybe. Uh because I think he does it in Rise and Fall of the Shiar Empire also.
1: Oh but like and like they that like directly
0: talk about it. But he's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's I can't Fly for very long, so I don't do it very often or something
1: like that. that's fair so yeah that's 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 x force fun, yeah, it was fun x man now, this is the fucking trip <laughs> so like I mentioned before, his appearance now, he got the open open shirt you know shirtless open jacket, no shoes, big old, you know inverted X tattoo uh, or like color inverted, like the, uh, space. yeah, the negative space is the actual letter X and the, the it's black around it, but he's got this, you know, tattoo on his pack and he has started calling himself the shaman of the mutant tribe. And much later he explains what that is, that basically uh, a shaman lives outside of the tribe and Protects them from the things on the outside that they are not equipped to deal with themselves, and you're kind of a, a figure of, you know, of fear a little bit of you, uh, kind of unknown, but that you work from outside the tribe for the protection of the tribe. It is interesting that he is takes the the persona or the idea or the you know, the task of being a shaman when his major father figure in age of apocalypse was forge. But at least so far that hasn't been explored. There Damn. is a, there is a forge in it from a different alternate reality that starts, that opens this. Uh, there's, there, there's a, there's a B plot going on to this that I don't entirely understand. It, 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 it only is in the opening scene and it's something to do with forge it never gets brought up again or or explained so i'm going to i'm going to skip on it for the next time this <laughs> this title comes up but something's going on in some alternate reality that we don't understand the main plot of this arc concerns this group of mutants who called the gauntlet who have created a hive mind and they're you know unconcerned with this sort of like bipolar conflict of xavier versus magneto and they are explorers essentially and yeah so they've got like this assortment of powers they've linked up to create a hive mind to go explore alternate realities they're also selfish business people and so they discover a structure of reality i don't know how often this is used anywhere else in marvel comics but it's fine i don't care it's a cool idea and if it's not part of the normal cosmology i'm okay with it just being part of this storyline but we we always kind of look at alternate realities as like a very left and right concept you know like time moves along and then like these are the things that happened like alternately along the same path of time and and a lot of you know the the differences between realities are usually portrayed as very one to one you know this is what happens if this character is a little different or if the, this this choice is made differently and so on they refer to the structure of the multiverse as the spiral in this And the idea is that alternate realities also go up and down and that the further you go down, basically the less conducive life earth was towards life or just the physical laws of reality were towards creating and sustaining life. Mm. And so like, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, the, the, the friction coefficient was wa- of water was wrong here, and it can't cohere in a way that you know allows people to, or like, allowed life to build molecules. Or in this reality, mm-hmm. you know, like Earth's gravity was, you know, six times the size, and the, the the or the the coefficient of gravity was was six times larger, and blah 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 blah, and so. This group, the gauntlet, goes down reality, down spiral, and disturbs something. And in Nate great, and you know, Nate goes, finds these people, gives them a start in talking to, and you know, finds out they went down spiral in their discovery. They found something, they ticked it off so bad that it's coming back up to kill them. (laughs) It's traveling realities just to kill them all. And it's, you know, this giant, massive, disgusting thing that is from a, you know, extremely powerful because it's from a galaxy or a, a reality that wasn't designed to sustain life. And it had to stretch and struggle and and mutate, essentially, in order to survive. And so generations happen in the blink of an eye, and they have grown Multiple redundant internal organ systems in order to, you know, be able to survive. Basically, this has given them power enough to crawl through the multiverse, basically, with their own biological power. And this thing comes to wreak havoc on 616. And, you know, Nate Gray fights it off, cuts off its arm, and then goes back to the gauntlet tries to find out what they did, learns that they kidnapped an entire generation of children from this broken world, a world where you know, it's hard enough to sustain life and they just lost an entire generation. They may have doomed them to, you know, complete species collapse, and they did it to make money that this was yeah, that that they like sold them off for for research and so. Nate gray kills every member of the gauntlet except for the, the mastermind of the whole thing scoops her up, takes her to this broken reality and lets the downspile world. People have their revenge on her. Jeez. Yeah.
0: I don't have to kill you, but they can.
1: <laughs> right. Or just like, yeah. this is justice here. Like, you know, they they came to kill you, and you know what? They're in the right, so I'm going to let them kill you. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, again, like, a lot less time spent moping around and, and being emo for, for Nate Gray here. A sense of purpose, a, a reason to be in 616 and doing things, A um, something that ties in with his multiversal origin and nature. Yeah, it, it's a little pretentious and silly to be like I am the mutant shaman. It's like whatever, guy. But it—it's if I have to read all these things, it's a gigantic improvement.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is kind of interesting to like. How do you go from I have all this power, my home reality is dead, to I have all this power, I'm going to protect. This reality for for all mutants,
1: (laughs) right? And 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 I'm gonna keep having nothing to do with anybody. Like, but I'm going to have. We're going to put a character reason behind it. Besides, like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust the X Men for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I have to be edgy and emo and extreme. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like there is something weird about that shard of the Infern Crystal that X-Man had. Because <laughs> like I don't I don't feel like this was how he was
1: in AOA. The the, as far as the like Shaman, personality. The which which personality of the the before Warren the, Ellis or the after Warren Ellis?
0: <laughs> the the before
1: Warren Ellis. I mean he was he was an infant. But, yeah, he, I guess. Yeah. He 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 hadn't he did, he hadn't developed object permanence yet, okay, sure, yeah, all right, okay.
0: I'm not being fair that's okay. true he he yeah I guess throughout most of a o a he was only hours to weeks old,
1: yeah, okay all right anyway that's that's really all there is to to say again. Very very quick snappy plots. That was four issues, but I it, you know really get the sense that it t- told a full story and gave a a real mission statement for a character who'd never had one before and made him compelling idea. Almost yeah it's it,
0: yeah the pacing like even just from uh, from your covering it, it feels like the pacing of these books is uh, much more controlled
1: yeah calm yeah and yeah they just they go by so quickly without offering much material because it's all just yeah it's about performance rather than than uh than trying to stuff in you know a full a full story with beginning middle and end and every issue and sometimes that gets old like i do like reading it like if i were to go out and buy an issue of comics like I would often feel better about you know my four dollars if it actually told a story. So there's ups and downs, but yeah, right. I hear you. Sandman,
0: Sandman. We got three issues of Sandman.
1: So yeah, we've got we've got three issues of Sandman here. Uh-huh. Is it 29, 30, and thirty one? I don't have numbers
0: in this. Oh, interesting. In this book, it's kind of annoying. What the ti- The issue titles are Thermidor, August, and three September's and a January.
1: Yes, and Thermidor is July in the right. the French Revolutionary calendar, which is where where and when this issue is set. And so, this is really July, August, September. I feel like. These issues came about because he was Gaiman was working on the 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 next like big story arc, and the editors were like, "Hey, uh, it's not ready yet. You need to pu- publish something for for July." And he's like, "Oh, July? July you say? Huh? <laughs> 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 yeah. Have well, I yeah, got a story so, about July?
0: Yeah. So like, all three of these issues are." Some are uh, some of those, what was dream doing throughout the centuries, random stories in different time periods issues.
1: <laughs> yeah. But they also kind of contribute to a narrative a little bit. A little Just bit. a little bit. Yeah.
0: And this is, this is the third of, of the storytelling that goes on in this book that, um, that I said that I really like Yes. This July issue really dragged for me though. Okay, August and September I was I was definitely here for. It, but July, I it legitimately it took me three separate attempts to like, mm. finish this issue. It was tough for me.
1: It's pretty deep in its history. Like I went and did some reading about the French Revolution after re- you know reading the story, and it's like, oh yeah, this is who this character is. Mm. I mean, I knew about, like, Robespierre, but I didn't know who Saint-Just is. But, yeah, so basically, yeah,
0: dream... It's like,
1: beheaded theater and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, the, so it's specifically within the revolution, uh, the French Revolution is taking place during the Reign of Terror, which is, so the, the kind of opening part of the French Revolution, they, you know, abolish monarchy, and then they start beheading nobles and then they keep beheading nobles and then they start beheading each other. And then just like everybody gets beheaded. And that's, what's known as the reign of terror. And it, there, are it's an interesting time in human history because they're trying to decide like what is they're, they're, they're trying to completely remake society from scratch. They've, you know, lived through, their whole lives and and all of recorded history through this lens of monarchy and of decadence and of some people being truthfully better than others by station of birth and all that. And now they're trying to come to terms with what a different world in this regard is like. And it leads them at, at this point in it to a very dark period of history.
0: Yeah, uh, it was... It's crazy to think that this is where we were as a people in <laughs> some parts of the world. Mm. Like I, I didn't realize that and like I haven't done any sort of research into like reality <laughs> <laughs> of, our, of our past. But like just having these like it's close to the end of the issue. And again, the way we are covering sandman is in hopes that people read it and you guys and so like i think we talk more about our reaction to these books than we do about the like page to page
1: yeah i I will say real quick it's it's about more uh dream contacts johanna constantine who is the ancestor of john constantine uh and has her do a favor for him Recover a the the severed head of Orpheus, who is Dream's son.
0: Yes, and she has to go to really just great lengths to yeah, uh, throughout France to find Orpheus because he's yeah he's in France and it's just trapped in this basement
1: full of severed heads. Well, no, she she hides it there. She yeah sorry, she, it's she's found she's found in paris with this severed head by you know guards she's they're they're trying to get rid of all superstition and historical like ties to past religion and so this is a known potentially supernatural object and it is like basically an uh dangerous to the revolution and so you know Maximilian Robespierre and Saint Just, the uh, you know two high figures of the Revolution, who will soon be beheaded, are uh, you know find out and put the call out for her. She's arrested. She's put in, uh, in the the sort of former castle now staging ground uh, prison for everybody's beheadings uh, at the guillotine. And yeah, so she she hides the the severed head of Orpheus in with all of the other severed heads from the guillotine from the revolution.
0: Yeah. And she introduces him and she's like, this is Orpheus. He cannot die. Mm -hmm. And Rose Pierre is like, you're ridiculous. It's only, there's only the government. (laughs) There are no, (laughs) there are no magics. There are no myths and demons. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, well, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Morpheus, go ahead and sing. And then, like, he just... He starts singing, and then all of the severed heads start singing. <laughs> um, and then the guys get into a trance. <sighs> yeah,
1: so this this basically is what prefigures the downfall of Robespierre and just and ends the Reign of Terror in this alt-history. Is they, you know make fools they they go insane from the effects of the singing they make fools of themselves in front of you know their new national convention the the crowd turns on them and they end up being beheaded after all of their beheadings that they have perpetrated and then we get a stinger at the end where constantine constantine not constantine my bad this was a a point of emphasis on on the Sandman show takes Orpheus's severed head back to the island of Naxos in Greece because it had been stolen. And Orpheus asks about his father and is like, you know, do you think he's gonna see me? I miss him. Could you tell him I miss him? I don't even see him in my dreams. Right. So that's uh that's a thing. That's that's an indication of what's up with Morpheus, a.k.a. Dream, and his son. Morpheus. <laughs> yes. Real convenient <laughs> naming there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have next issue, uh, Augustus or August?
1: August. Yes. This, um, this, I love this issue.
0: This was a really interesting issue for sure.
1: So... I trip out on this fairly regularly, (laughs) but like you look at the calendar, right? And you've got some names for months that make a a certain amount of sense etymologically. Right. And some like March is named after the Roman God Mars because it was the beginning of spring, the beginning of warring season. June is named after the Roman god Juno, and, and so on. You've got September, which is the ninth month, and has the the prefix sept, which means seven. Mm-hmm. Then you've got October, which is the tenth month, and a prefix that means eighth. All right, and then you've got November, December, Nine and 10, but they're the 11th and 12th months. Mm-hmm. Actually, it turns out that this was because they didn't used to have months through winter. It was just winter time and then the calendar started uh-huh. with March. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, like January and February, no months. It was just, you just kind of wait until, boom, beginning of harvest season, beginning of war season. Now we actually start. We have a reason to start keeping track of days Winter doesn't matter for shit, but you look at the the months before seven, eight, nine, ten. You're like, what's what's going on with those? Why are those <laughs> named five and six? And it's because they're named after Julius Caesar and Julius Augustus. They are named after people, actual real people, actual historical people, real human beings who lived and walked this earth months named after them. Right? That's amazing.
0: It's insane. I remember, I remember when I learned I learned that in like 5th or 6th grade and I was like, "Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the Romans were no joke."
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, "Oh my god." And so August is about Augustus.
0: Yeah, so that that was supposed uh, to be a,
1: a kick over to you to to start talking.
0: So basically this issue is Augustus disguising himself as a homeless beggar and just yes. watching the world, watching his his city and like seeing how they live to mm-hmm. better understand them basically.
1: In part, we'll, well he has another reason which we'll get to later, but yes, that yeah. is the a, the a, a large majority of it. Uh, because he would never be able to you know as the emperor would never be able to have that kind of leeway and and privacy and autonomy to to kind of do this without being observed and everybody's um you know behavior changing because of his presence
0: right uh so he hires this dwarf man uh mm-hmm. named Lysias and he has all of these like ointments and and soap, yeah, soaps and juices and stuff to like put
1: these fake like yeah, like boils and gross stuff boils, on his skin, yeah, yeah,
0: all over his skin. He puts on he puts on a um robes and uh, an eye patch.
1: Yeah, tattered robes and eye s- patch.
0: They go and sit, put out a little bowl, and just talk to each other as the world walks by. So cool. Um, and it's so interesting. <laughs> yes. Lysias asks him, you know, why he's doing this, what his inspiration was. And he talks about Julius Caesar, mm-hmm. or Julius Caesar, I should say, and is his adopted father, and how he looks to him as like, he just looks like godly. <laughs>
1: hmm and and was styling himself eyes. as becoming a god yes. historically yeah and so it's it's also intercut with a different narrative where the the sort of like dreams of augustus throughout his life and at one point he actually meets dream and he's racked with indecision basically about what rome ought to be what Rome should become and what the future of it holds. And he's, you know, read entire libraries worth of books and burned them all down to to be the only one with this the knowledge of what's to come. And he's basically come to the realization that Rome has to continue to expand militarily or it will falter. It will, it will fall that this you know the spoils of war are what keeps it rich and happy and continues you know uh the the good times and political stability and he he is beholden to the gods of Rome to continue making Rome you know powerful and great essentially but he feels internal conflict at what is actually the right thing to do and whether he should defy the gods. And through cut with all of this is this history we see, uh, between him and Julius of Augustus's terror throughout his life towards Julius. And we learn that it is from, from rape, from sexual assault. You know, he was chosen as, as Caesar's, air and all this but he was also raped by him and so at the end he makes the fateful decision I will not continue to have Rome expand and several hundred years later it collapses
0: yeah it's (laughs) it's (laughs) yeah so like big picture like one of the one of the things Mm -hmm. that I really like about the way these stories are being told is like you get like one issue of just a very different perspective of introspection about one's place in the world throughout time and then like they're like oh this is a sandman book so yeah they had a dream and (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) they talked to they talked to um they were inspired by sandman by by morpheus for one reason or the other and yeah it helped them
1: create the world that we know now (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) it's like with within 22 pages he's like oh yeah this is why the roman empire fell Anyway.
0: Yeah This is why the French Revolution
1: ended Enough of of the French Revolution Enough of Okay so that uh, Reign of Terror It ended We're done with that This is why the Roman Empire fell
0: Right (laughs) This is why Shakespeare Was such an amazing
1: playwright Right
0: (laughs) All these little things All because People dream
1: Yeah And it just really Makes you feel Just like I don't know The power of human potential
0: Mhm, and imagination and just like, yeah God, it makes you actually want to sleep <laughs> like what if what if i'll get visited wow. dream? that is
1: that is the highest compliment i could think of you giving <laughs> right i hate you sleeping. are not, a, you are not.
0: <laughs> oh man i wish i could go 24 hours a day just continually being productive Okay, so three September's a January.
1: Three September's into January.
0: We we get some cameos from yeah. some of the other constants. The what are they called? The 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 endless never ending. The endless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. Despair shows up because this guy
1: has basically lost everything. Yeah, businessman, big big crash, etc.
0: And dream and despair kind of have like a bet mm-hmm. going on. They they place bets with each other on uh, the potential of this man, and if he'll give in to despair or if he will continue to live a life. Kind of. Yeah. And you have <laughs> delirium shows up and death shows up and they're like, "What's going on over here? What's what is this?" And dreams like, oh, "I'm just playing a game." <laughs>
1: And, and until, yeah, that's like this man. Are drink, you serious? Drink, like, you know better than to play these these games. Come on, like you don't do this. And that's like, yeah, she ticked me off this time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, because turns out desire was like kind of behind a lot of this. Yeah,
1: always so, scheming.
0: Yeah. So it boils down to. This continued kind of basically rivalry between desire and dream. Yeah, yep. Which is so interesting conceptually <laughs> that you think desire and dream would go hand in hand in some Right. Things.
1: Yeah, and also where you this this issue also explores the the sort of like friction between delirium and dream too. Right. Like mm-hmm. because. So this character is, I forget his name, something Norton, Joshua. Joshua. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he's basically, you know, he sees the the limits of the U.S. essentially. Uh, It was supposed to be the land of possibilities, but it's a, a land of chaos and confusion, a country without a king. And he decides, you know what? I'll be the king. I'll be the king of America. I will mm-hmm. be Emperor Norton the 1st of America. And he treats himself as such. He treats himself as such and you think, well, this guy's crazy. He's not actually the king of America. Turns out by the way, this is a real historical figure.
0: Really? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, you can
1: go read his Wikipedia. I I sent you a a, a snippet from his Wikipedia. You
0: did. <laughs> Yeah, Norton did. That's the thing is I forgot the name. The guy's name was Norton. Oh yeah, fair. (laughs) Norton did receive some tokens of recognition for his position in 1870. U.S. Census lists Joshua Norton as 50 years old and residing at 624 Commercial Street, and his occupation is listed as emperor. It also notes that he was
1: (laughs) insane. (laughs) That's really the. (laughs) That was really the 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 takeaway there. That paragraph. So but yeah cool. he, so he he issued his own currency he and and like exchanged and it became like basically legal tender in San Francisco uh <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of businesses would just honor it because if you got it you got it from him and he changed it for money with a bit of a sur- like with a bit of a surcharge right like so he would he would just like you would give him 10 bucks and he would give $10 of, of Imperial currency. And this is how he was able to live and continue to, because he didn't work for the rest of his life. He just kind of like bummed around and was a real weirdo, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: he also maintained himself with, he was friends with Mark Twain. That's Mark Twain here in the, uh,
0: yeah, Samuel Clemens.
1: Yeah. You know, so he he believes he yeah he believes himself to be emperor. He asks as an emperor, and he you know is approached by an agent of desire, basically like offering him women and money and all of these things in order to basically give it up, contradict himself, and he turns it down. He says, "I am the emperor of the United States. I am content to be what I am." What what more than that could any man desire and so he's he's insane but he's not from delirium he's happy <laughs> he's he's operating under a dream rather than operating under unreality he knows exactly mm-hmm. what his his reality and what his station is he knows that you know he's not that there is no actual empire of the united states But he can still be king, goddammit. It's a really beautiful story. It is. And he also, you know, shows up in solidarity with Chinese workers in town and and fights for them being treated better. And eventually, you know, he reaches the end of his life and he dies. And we have the end of the wager. Despair says, you know, I hope that you would come back to me, but you never despaired. Cause you had your dream and then death comes in and she says, basically I met a lot of Kings and, and emperors and heads of state in my time. I met them all. And you know, something I think I liked you best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And she just like, it was <laughs> the, these last two pages or the last three pages are like yeah. my favorite Aspects of the endless, yeah. Where they're just like like they don't treat humans like they're pets, but they but like they react as like look at you, just yeah, this thing happened, yeah. (laughs) And like despair is like, Well, you won, (laughs) like it was a game, (laughs) yeah. You won, and Dream's like, I did, you know, that was you know, like I've I've proven my point, and then like they go off and do their thing, and then death shows up. And and Death's just like, all right, Your Majesty, time to go. And then his yeah. his spirit gets up <laughs> from his body, and then they walk off and they have their little banter. And like as that's happening, you see in the background, and you see this actually a lot in the August issue too of just like yeah. the background characters yeah. going about their business from cell mm-hmm. to cell, yeah. while the conversation's happening. And so you the, like the issue ends with like in the foreground you have the people picking up his body and see and checking his pulse and like mm-hmm. seeing if he actually died and they're just like walking off into the nothing.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just it's dog oh man. It was just I was, that was I was just that was a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. And death also sp- spins this parable about the um the 36 uh tzadikim, the a, a Jewish legend of that says that the, the world rests on the backs of 36 living sent, saints, 36 unselfish men and women, and because of them, the world continues to exist. And kind of makes the case that, you know what? You were one of them because you were just a good dude.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> right? Oh, boy. Oh, Sandman. That was fun. Oh, Sandman. What a surprise. And like, I know it's not a surprise to you because you've read it
1: like five times, but um I've only this is only my second reading.
0: Oh, no way, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh but like it's it's so different, and it, like you can't go into it thinking you're gonna get like a DC image marvel no. type story. No. Mm-mm. And it's it's just it's very standalone. I've read a handful of other non-Marvel books, <laughs> and like but they all have they all have like a similar like air or like tone to it and Sandman yeah. continues to be a standout.
1: Oh, just like nothing else is like it. Awesome.
0: There are other oddball titles out there, but none are like Sandman.
1: Well, you you say the word and and we'll read another. Yeah
0: it'll probably be at least a month. Okay. Um just cuz I, I have I I want to catch up before I start parsing in more issues. Cuz so I think our next Makes volume sense. is like five or six issues, right?
1: It's yeah, it's a longer one. Yeah. Do you have it's to the end of your book. Okay. I think your book isn't over yet, right?
0: Nope. This book goes to issue thirty-seven, and then it also has Sandman Special number one and Vertigo Winter's Edge one through three.
1: Okay, well we won't. And Season of Miss
0: and A Game of You. Jesus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, A Season of Miss and A Game of You are titles of some of these, like the oh, the trade you. titles. Yeah, yeah. We okay. won't read the specials next week, but we'll read the uh, the issues
0: next time. Okay.
1: And ooh, then ooh, I'll ooh, have ooh. to. Okay. And then so, I'll have to buy you the next book.
0: We don't have
1: to, I, I can, I, I can, I, I should buy something. <laughs> I feel like I got you this far, man. <laughs> okay. So, what you, so if we're not doing Sandman, uh, what are you, what are you reading next week?
0: I'm going to read Trials of X volumes three and four. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're going to get uh, there and you're going to be like, fuck, I want to read five.
0: Trials, trials five just came out this last week. Uh,
1: yeah, which is
0: when we said we're gonna
1: we're gonna do three and four.
0: So three and four is next week. Yep. And then I had
1: caught. I I, a- I I already read three, four, and five. <laughs> is the context listener for this yeah. conversation? I jumped ahead. I jumped the gun. I couldn't help myself. I it was it was not really it was not miscommunication. I promise. Probably but also. Crazy.
0: But yeah, so three and four, I'm excited because uh, Kirkoa, man, it's there's so much going on, and and uh, I'm excited to see what happens next.
1: Um, yeah, there's some good yeah. stuff.
0: <sighs> there was a couple of slow weeks at the end of the year for comics, and I was I was, I was in a small drought, and now the rains have come. Um, the Reigns of God, X. This, this last this last week had like six books come out, um, including Trials Five. The week before had like another five books come out. Jeez, um, like Avengers Forever of uh, uh, Avengers, like follow up books to to <laughs> a lot of titles that we've that we've covered that I'm I'm excited for. So um, there's gonna be it's gonna be so. <laughs> it's gonna be some reading. <laughs> Before I get to all those, there's also Iron Cat for some reason. So, what the fuck? Yeah, that, that that Iron Man, Iron suit, Man that has... Black Cat that Black Cat okay. made.
1: Oh uh, sure. For
0: whatever reason, has a five issue arc one shot. Okay. <laughs> Even though she destroyed it, the next issue. But whatever, whatever. It's sure. What happens. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So next week is going to be easy and it might not be a three-hour episode
1: <laughs> cool uh yeah i've got yep yeah, what we said cool <laughs>
0: all right then well with that let's put the outro music here uh and then we'll call it all right thank you for um, time
1: Okay. Looking forward to it.
2: All right. Deuces. Cheers.